All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Angel Munoz, Adrian Bradis here. As we continue filling in for Steve Kaplowitz, let's head out to the phone lines right now. Welcome on one of our great friends. Uh, he's the host of the Colded Zone podcast along with Jay Flo. Uh, he's on N9 Overtime with KTSM, El Paso Athletic Hall of Famer. His UCLA Bruins are coming to the Sun Bowl. And uh, he now joins us on our phone lines right now to talk some greater El Paso football showcase, the big game coming up on Saturday. Ed Stansbury joining us on the phone lines. Ed, uh, thank you so much for joining us and spending some time with us today. How's everything going, my friend? Uh, everything's going good, Adrian. Uh, glad to have, glad to be on uh, with you both, and uh, uh, it's crunch time for for us here at the Greater El Paso Football Showcase. Just getting ready for uh, tomorrow, the combine and, and the big game uh, on Saturday. Oh, that's awesome stuff. We're we'll talk everything about this one. I'm really looking forward to it. But before we do this, uh, your thoughts, your reactions to UCLA coming to the Sun Bowl, Ed. That you're an alumni. You're you're a player from. You're a former player for the UCLA. That's awesome. Oh man, I'm so fired up. Uh, you know, like the Sun Bowl uh, means everything to me, and I've I've said this before. You know, growing up here in El Paso, a kid from the Northeast, uh, going to the Sun Bowl every year was a family tradition of ours. Being able to play in the game uh, in 2000, and now uh, being back in El Paso, the Bruins coming to town. I'm I'm excited to say the least. That's awesome stuff, man. I'm so happy that that you guys that uh, they're coming here to the Sun Bowl. It's going to be in a great game against Pitt as well. So, uh, what an awesome thing right there. I'm I'm so happy that UCLA is the recipient coming in from the Pac-12. But the Greater El Paso Football Showcase got started over this weekend. It was uh, one of my favorite things that ev- happens year after year, and it's transformed a little bit this time around. I'm talking about the quarterback challenge, but this time it had a little Ed Stansberry flavor to this. Now it's the Stansberry Certified Quarterback. Challenge. Challenge. It took place at El Paso High School. Um, there's so many things that I love from this. I'll just let you break this down for us, Ed. Tell us a little bit about what happened over the weekend with the quarterback challenge and uh, and who stood out to you. Yeah, so the quarterback challenge is something that uh, I've always wanted to to bring back. Uh, uh, back in the 90s when I was coming out of Irvin, uh, we used to have it. Um, this was our sixth year uh, of having the quarterback challenge. It's just just another event uh, that we put under under the Greater El Paso Football Showcase umbrella. Uh, it's it's a fun day to celebrate all the quarterbacks around the city. I think we had 19 guys uh, from El Paso County that were all uh, out there, and we're having fun. We use the All Stars uh, to to help with some of the competition drills, uh, with accuracy and the touchdown toss. But really, it's just a time to celebrate these guys. You know, they, they take the brunt uh, of the criticism when they're not winning. You know, they get the accolades when they do. So this is just a time for, for uh, to gather all of them, to celebrate them, and, uh, and showcase what they can do. We had four different events that they competed in. We did one round. It was the long toss, uh, the accuracy challenge, uh, the agility drill, and then uh, finally the touchdown toss. So... Uh, we awarded winners for each individual uh, event, and then our grand champion, uh, who was not a quarterback, uh, Jacob Ledesma from Pebble Hills, uh, took took a, took the overall trophy uh, this year. 
I, you know, Jacob Ledesma, all his uh, his high school football career, I was always thinking that he could always be that backup quarterback to Gaelo Choa or whoever's that signal caller out of Pebble Hills. Right. And uh, he showed what he could do in that quarterback challenge. Also saw that uh, Quincy Estrada stood out along with guys like Shea Smith, Jerry Chides, and Jesse Ramos. What a great group of quarterbacks right there uh, leading the way for this uh, this quarterback challenge. Yeah, they really showed out. Uh, I, was, I was really impressed. Uh, with Jacob, you know, he does have a quarterback background. He probably could have started uh, at, at a number of schools here here in El Paso. Um, but uh, interesting enough, he was he was the one that was asking the most questions before the competition started, and uh, he used that to his advantage. But uh, everybody had a great showing. Uh, Shea Smith over at Franklin, man, he is going to be um, somebody to watch. You know, we've seen him the last couple of years. Uh, but uh, with his senior year coming out, watch out for Shea Smith. Uh, Quincy, uh, I know, and I know you like Quincy, Adrian. You've talked about him all season long. Oh, yeah. Um, he had a, a, to- a long ball toss of 62 yards. Um, only Mark Moore from Americas was able to beat that throw, but uh, two very impressive arms. Man, 62 yards. I love that right there. When you were back in high school, Ed, how far could you throw? Uh, you know, I always tell you, I was joking with the guys last Saturday, <laughs> and uh, I won the pump passing kick when I was in the sixth grade, and I threw the ball sixty-seven yards. Oh my gosh, Ed, you were you were you were a freak here in El Paso. I love it. Uh, hey, I just want to <laughs> just want to mention this on our on your website right now. It's the Greater El Paso Football Showcase. That's where people can go out and get tickets. Uh, it's Saturday, December seventeenth, out at the Student Activities Complex. That's what we're talking about today with Ed Stansberry. Um, let's move over to the combine tomorrow, and I think it highlights one of the most important parts about this annual event that happens year after year. Um, the the fact that you all get to have a combine where you invite college coaches to come out to El Paso and actually see these guys up in per, up in close and, and see if they want to evaluate them and offer them a scholarship. Tell us a little bit about the combine and how everything will work tomorrow. Yeah, so the combine, out of all the events that fall under, uh, you know, the Great El Paso Football Showcase, the combine is our has our biggest impact. And uh, you know, thanks to Javier Loya who founded the combine. Uh, this I, I believe is our 13th year doing the combine. Um, through it, uh, we've given out uh, almost 20 million dollars. Or the universities have given out almost 20 million dollars in scholarships to uh, El Paso student athletes. And what will happen tomorrow? Uh, and thanks to Mr. Javier Loya, we're, we're flying in 36 universities from all across the country. Um, they'll fly in tomorrow. Uh, we'll put them up in a hotel. We'll feed them. We'll bust them over to the stack. We'll get started with registrations about two, uh, 2.30 tomorrow. Um, the players have already registered. Um, they've gone through an orientation to know what to expect. Uh, these college coaches come ready to sign El Paso kids. And, um, you know, uh, 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 and this is a credit to the players that have come before them the last 12 years, 12, 13 years. Um, these players have gone off to these universities because of the combine, and they've really done a great job of standing out, um, performing, and, and showing that El Paso athletes can play anywhere. And so these coaches will come in tomorrow. We'll test, uh, we'll test all the kids. They'll be running through the uh, 40-yard dash. We'll do the short shuttle. We'll do the vertical jump, and then we'll break into uh, individual drills uh, where they'll be uh, split up by position. 
the coaches will take them through, um, you know, some drills to show their quickness, to show, you know, how fast their feet are, if they can catch the ball, how they move laterally. And then finally we'll, we'll finish with a one-on-one period where quarterbacks and receivers will be going up against uh, DBs and safeties. Um, the offensive line and defensive line will be doing a half-line drill. Um, it, it gets really intense. Again, we're not in any pads out there. Uh, but these kids go out there. I address uh, uh, all the kids before we go out, and, and, and I always tell them there's, there's very seldom in life one opportunity, one day that can change the projection of the rest of your life, and that's what the Combine represents. These colleges, some of them bring their admissions departments, and they will offer scholarships right there on the spot tomorrow night. If you haven't seen it, please come out. It's a free event. You'll get to see the kids showcasing what they have. Uh, to use football as a vehicle to get their higher education. And that's what it's all about. Ed, this might be a dumb question, but I'm just going to ask it anyways. Do uh, players who are already committed, do some of those players even go to the Combine just to refine their skills and go through some of the drills that go on? Um, it has happened. You know, the, the and, and let me say this, uh, the, the universities that are coming in, they're Division II, Division III, NAIA schools. Uh, you know, we obviously have uh, some big D1 recruits here in El, in El Paso. DJ Crest, who's an all-star. Uh, Speedy Munoz over at Riverside, TV3. Um, these guys aren't asked to. Um, we've had guys in the past that just want to go out and, and be a part of, of the event and, and compete and, and run the 40. But, uh, um, you know, this, this day is really for those guys that are looking for a, a place to go next year to continue their education and play the game they love. That's awesome. I, I love that. I mean, I'm looking at just looking at the Blue Thunder roster. A guy like Bo Sparks put up uh, amazing numbers over the past year for Franklin. You could even look at other guys who haven't necessarily gotten the love at the D1 level, but still deserve to play college football at the next level. Isaiah Beasley running back for Parkland. I mean, I'm just looking at both rosters right now. They're loaded as ever, Ed. Uh, and it just makes me really excited about the combine and some of the participants we could see tomorrow. Yeah, you know, um, the Combine more more now than ever. Uh, you know, we've, we've always been isolated being here in El Paso, and it's, it's so hard. It's difficult for universities. They don't have the budget to fly in here and look at two or three kids. Uh, with, with the Combine, guys like Bo Sparks, that maybe that D1, uh, that D1 offer, this gives them a platform to go out there and showcase what they do. Uh, you know, you look at Powers a few years back. Uh, he went yep. to JC route, now landed at uh, at a Division One university. Um, the chances of getting it done are there, and with the combine, it just gives it's, it's a viable option for these kids to continue to continue playing football and getting their education. Well, we got Ed Stansberry joining us from the Greater El Paso Football Showcase, talking about the big game coming up on Saturday uh, out at the SAC this weekend. Um, also want to mention uh, more things re- regarding these colleges. Now, Ed, you talk to a lot of these college coaches. We get feedback from them as well here on the show. Um, and one of the things that I've heard from them is over the last couple of years, they've find more reasons to come to El Paso to try to mine the talent here because the talent has gotten better year after year. Now, answer me this. Is it a product of the development through these programs, or have we just gotten a new breed of athlete out here in El Paso right now? Uh, you know, I think there's there's a number of factors. One, uh, you know, having the facilities that some of the 
schools in, in East Texas have. We have tremendous uh, coaches out here that have really guided uh, our, our football players, our student athletes over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, so much so where, you know, the combine used to be the one stop to come and, and, and recruit the kids from El Paso. But because we have so many good athletes here, these coaches are keeping an eye on these players throughout the season. season and it's making it more competitive for them because they see other conference, other teams, other universities in their conference uh, signed up and flying in El Paso, and they want to come and try to get a leg up on, on some of the talent here. I, I No doubt. I totally understand that. Let's talk about a couple other uh, initiatives that you all bring with the Greater El Paso Football Showcase. The thing that people need to realize, it's not all about the game or the combine. You all do a lot of things off the field, including the Mentor Day program, which I love. It's a great way for some of the current players, uh, your current leaders and all-stars, to go out and uh, be, uh, you know, I guess, a representation of how to be a, a young student-athlete out in the community to some of these younger players. So uh, tell us a little, a little bit bit about how Mentor Day went, um, you know, what, about two weeks ago? And tell us how all of that uh, transpired for you all. Yeah, so uh, mentor the Mentor Program is a, a neat event for us. We take uh, the 92 All-Stars and we pair them up with uh, middle school junior All-Stars. Uh, it's, a, it's a full day of, of, of activities um, with their, with their All-Stars. They sit down, they write down short and long-term goals. We bring in guest speakers. Uh, this year, we were lucky to have uh, EPISD Superintendent um, uh, Diana Zayavera, and I know I'm trying to mess that up, uh, but she was great and motivating. She was an athlete herself, um, so she was sharing her story with the, with the All-Stars and the Junior All-Stars. Um, we break up and, and do uh, some uh, team-building drills and goals push-ups and, and, and different things that really just uh, bond uh, the All-Stars and Junior All-Stars. And, and what's really neat is out of the 92 All-Stars this year, uh, over 15 of them uh, were Junior All-Stars. So and one of the goals that, uh, that uh, the Junior All-Stars always always write down is I want to I one day be a, a Senior All-Star. So it's really cool to kind of see that come full circle. Uh, we finished the day at Dave & Buster's. The kids got unlimited uh, uh, game cards and they can uh, play their hearts out uh, together and competing. It's just a it's a really neat event uh, that uh, that Rick had started uh, many many years ago and uh, it just gets uh, bigger and better every year. Uh, Want to also mention what's going on at halftime? You guys just announced this. This is really cool. One of our own here in El Paso, Crystal Poppin, who's very popular as far as a you know a musician here in El Paso. She's an artist that's very well known. She'll be playing at halftime along with uh, you. Will have a halftime dance pr- uh, performance that goes on also at the half. Uh, tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, so, you know, we wanted to go big for our 30th anniversary. Can you believe it? 30 years the All-Star Game Man, has been around. That's awesome. Uh, our founding director, uh, Ed Pfeiffer. Um, so we wanted to go big, and, and Crystal was one of the first names that uh, Laura Rayborn brought up. Um, so uh, with, uh, with 915 Tours and Laura's Production uh, and Prep One, we are going to have a halftime extravaganza. We're looking forward to it, Crystal is excited. She's going to be out there with her uh, Red Storm jersey on, and she's going to rock uh, rock it over at the sack. 
I love this. I, that's such a cool thing that you got Crystal popping out doing the halftime show. And uh, big thanks to those your, your sponsors, Laura's Productions, 915 Tours, great friends of us here on this show as well. Uh, Want to wrap things up with this, Ed. It's the Greater El Paso Football Showcase weekend. Give us the rundown on how to get tickets and uh, and you know how, how to be involved for this game coming up here on Saturday. Yeah, so very easy. Uh, we've gone to a digital ticket, much like all the high school football games uh, this season. Uh, you can go to 915showcase.com. Look for the box office. You can purchase tickets. Tickets are still uh, $6 uh, on game day. They will go to $8, but come out. It's a family-friendly event. We're going to have food, concessions going. Uh, the halftime is going to be really great, but come out and watch. Uh, this game, the best of the best here in El Paso County. This is our sixth year that we've done, got moved to the draft format, and I think this year, um, more than any others, uh, both teams drafted pretty evenly. So uh, we're looking for an exciting game. Uh, to, to, to close out the 30th anniversary. You know what, uh, Ed, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the athletic trainers, the choir, the band, the uh, junior ROTC also involved at the Greater El Paso Football Showcase. Yeah, and, and thanks for bringing that up. Uh, the Greater El Paso Football Showcase, a lot of people think it's just the football players. It's everybody that's involved in a Friday night game. So you got the band, cheer, dance, choir, JROTC, mascots, we got sports media, the journalists, um, everybody that is involved will be out there showcasing what they what they do. Uh, and the best thing of it all is they're all eligible for scholarships through the showcase. Uh, we've given out over six hundred thousand dollars in the thirty years. So everybody, every participant that's out there, every senior participant has the opportunity to get a scholarship. Ed, you all do a phenomenal job. Uh, special thanks to you, the entire team out at the 915 Showcase, the Greater El Paso Football Showcase. So happy to be celebrating 30 years with you all on Saturday. And uh, can't wait for the game. This is going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us here on the show. Appreciate you having me, Adrian. Thank you. All right, that's Ed Stansbury joining us here on the phone lines as we continue here on Sports Talk. Again, we're going to mention it one more time, 915showcase.com. That's the best way for you to get your tickets. Learn more about the high school football all-star game coming up, which is this Saturday out at the SAC on the east side of El Paso, starting at high noon. So it's going to be a lot of fun going all the way up till 5 o'clock. And uh, just like we've been talking about this whole time, you can get things started with the 915 Showcase tomorrow. It's the the all, uh, the combine Excuse me. that's going to be taking place tomorrow as well uh we're going to take a time out right now when we come back we're going to wrap up hour number one and then at the top of our second hour lee sterling from paramount sports will join us to make his weekly nfl and college football picks and then we'll have jeff erickson join us about an hour from now talking fantasy sports with us here on the show great to have you along with us sports talk continues right here on 600 espn el paso all right welcome back Sports Talk continues along with UTEP Zay, Angel Munoz. I'm Adrian Bradis. We're filling in for Steve Kaplowitz today on the show. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009 to get into the program. Uh, welcoming on UTEP Zay on the show here as we continue. Uh, very interesting news, Zay. You know, UTEP had a lot of, uh, has had a lot of um, football signing, a, little, a lot of early signing kind of commits that have uh, come into the mix. We've talked about them a lot here on the show, especially throughout the week. Now, this is so in- interesting, right, because early signing day is next week. It- it's the middle of next week, actually, and that'll be the chance for UTEP to announce uh, officially all the guys who have already committed. We've seen official 
visits to El Paso. We've seen home visits from some of these coaches to some of these commits going to their houses. And, um, yeah, they, the recruits keep coming in. What, what's your takeaway? It's, it's a good group of guys so far of mid-year transfers who can be here already in the spring. Uh, and UTEP football retooling with a lot of guys that they lost from this past year. Yeah, well, right now you're seeing a, a bit of a trend right now. Yeah, right now they have three linebackers committed, if you're counting inside linebackers. They have an outside linebacker committed, too. So it's a trend. You know, they're going for a lot of defensive backs, linebackers. I think they made that a big priority. And, uh, yeah, there's still a lot of guys that they're going after that um, some already visited, some are going to visit this weekend. So this is a big couple of weeks for UTEP. Now, the one name that they got the commit from today was Judah Izinwa. He is coming from California, a junior college out there, and he committed to UTEP today. He had interest from the like of the likes of Charlotte, Buffalo, McNeese State, Alabama State. You noted NMSU, which is so interesting, right? Because Aggies are coming over to Conference USA next year. They are going to be competing against UTEP in the same league. Jerry Kill is going to a bowl game this year, so a lot of momentum over there with that program. But uh, UTEP and, and NMSU going up against each other in more recruiting battles uh, this time around in this offseason. Yeah, they are. You know, NMSU probably made it looks like they made Judah Zinwa a big high priority. You know, they bought him into, you know, an official visit. They went for a home visit, too. You know, so another guy that NMSU and UTEP are going after, VJ Robinson, a defensive tackle from Navarro College, Junior College. So there's a lot of recruiting battles. It's just going to make the rivalry. 10 times better, you know, especially going to Conference USA. Now, that's interesting, right? Because there have been local recruits that have been hinted at, you know, when it comes to NMSU football recruiting, whether it's Hector Hinosa from uh, Eastlake. He's a linebacker, a stud out there. Angel Speedy Munoz. Not our producer, Angel Munoz. Uh, sorry, Angel. But, uh, hey, NMSU. But you're already going to NMSU. That, that's another thing, Angel. So, uh, we don't need you're, – you're already recruited there. Is it a full-ride full scholarship, they, Jerry Kill? got me. Man, I wish. <laughs> I wish. Man, that would be awesome. Okay, well, for yeah. the other Angel, Speedy Absolutely. Munoz, out at Riverside, uh, the all-around athlete, he's been rumored to be linked with uh, NMSU as well. And then um, Tyrone McDuffie, standout from Parkland, offensive lineman, who is also being recruited rumored to NMSU and UTEP. Um, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily UTEP has recruited both Speedy Munoz and uh, Hinosa, but I would say for McDuffie, that's probably where, um, you know, a little bit of competition is going on between both schools right there, right? Yeah, it really looks like right now, I'm not saying he's down to two schools, but right now, if I had to guess, if he committed right now, it would be between New Mexico State and UTEP. That would wow. be my guess, right? You know, you see NMSU offensive line coach hinting towards it on Twitter. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on when it comes to McDuffie, and I'm excited to see who's going to land him. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009 to get into the program. We're also available at 600 ESP at El Paso on Twitter. We're talking about Tyrone McDuffie the third. He's a six foot three, 300-pound offensive lineman out of Parkland, and he was one of the more sought-after guys when it came to the recruiting process this year. And, uh, yeah, maybe he goes to UTEP. Maybe he goes to NMSU. Maybe he goes elsewhere. He was already committed to Colorado before uh, Coach Deion Sanders said, no, 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 uh, we, we're going to go with a clean slate we're not honoring anybody who previously committed before uh let's go to twitter we got a couple questions coming in on twitter juno 915 tweets the show uh this talking a little bit more about utep basketball how come team how come teams that don't really fill their arenas are always really good in comparison to the minors we have already always had better attendance than the likes of uab 
Louisiana Tech, SMU, Rice. Why can't we recruit some of those really good players? Uh, that's a weird question there, Juno. I don't know if attendance necessarily has to do as much with uh, player recruiting. I don't know what you, what you think there, Zay. I don't think that has too much stock when it comes down to it. Yeah, I don't really think that correlates a lot. I think maybe you could say... Actually, I don't know. There's really not... It really doesn't correlate, in my opinion. Maybe if you have a, 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 a beautiful arena. So we're talking about the difference between mid-major hoops and Power 5. So if you're taking a recruit to the Moody Center out in Austin, yeah, that would make me pretty excited. But, I mean, if, as far as attendance goes, I don't know if that necessarily sways recruits or not. Let's go to the phones right now before we wrap up hour number one, and let's welcome on Bobby onto the show. Bobby, good afternoon. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? Oh, not much, Bobby. What's happening with you? Hey, uh, real quick, guys, what do you think about uh, – I'm looking at the playoff picture right now, right, as it, <laughs> as it stands right now. Dallas would play Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. The 49ers would play the Redskins in San Francisco. Of course, that can change and all that. What do you think about those two games? Who do you think would win those? Okay, so really as, interesting. As, so so I'm going to go with the first one, uh, the Commies versus uh, the 49ers. So if it's uh, Washington versus San Francisco, I have no I have no worry with San Francisco right there. So that should be an easy victory. The other game that you mentioned, it was Cowboys against who? Tampa Bay. That's what it's Oh, that, that right now that's now. that's interesting, right? Because that brings us to back to the first game of the season where the Cowboys looked crisp on their opening drive and then struggled in that game against the Bucks. Uh, I think we're we're looking at a far different Dallas team and a far different Bucks team since that week one. Bucks beat them nineteen to three. And this time around, I'd say the Cowboys defense has um, you know really locked up. They've really shown what they could do. And uh, as far as the Tampa Bay team as a whole. Uh, Bobby, I don't even think they're a lock to win that division, as awful as that sounds. That division is terrible. But I really don't think that the, the Buccaneers are playing good football right now. Hey, what do you think of the chances that they play each other, the Niners playing Philadelphia and Philly? Hmm, that's interesting. Niners playing Philadelphia in Philly. Well, I'll tell you this, Bobby. If the the Eagles go 16-1, and which is very possible, right, because they have at the Bears – at the Cowboys versus the Saints versus the Giants. Now, if they run the table and go 16 and 1, of course the, their toughest game is on the road against Dallas, but that's, you know, the Christmas Eve game right there. If they go, run the slate and go 16 and 1, I would be worried about them being a little bit more vulnerable in the playoffs, knowing that, hey, maybe they haven't been kicked in the butt as of late. Now, if uh, as weird as that sounds, Bobby, if maybe they lose one or two of these games, they kind of readjust and, and, and get ready for a postseason run, I don't know how you beat that Eagles team. That team is so tough. I think that's that's pretty much the NFC Championship right game right there, at least in my eyes, Eagles uh, 49ers as it stands right now. Yeah, that looks that looks pretty good. I mean, of course, you, know, you never know other teams can be there, but I was just wondering, guys. All right, Bobby. All right. Hey, appreciate it, man. Thanks for giving getting in on the show. Hey, uh, great hour number one here on the program. Special thanks to Ed Stansberry. Coming up next, we've got our weekly picks. It's Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com who's going to join us next on the phone lines to talk about uh, his best bets for bowl season and for NFL week. Uh, you know, this is actually one of the biggest NFL weeks that we're talking about right here because it's it's fantasy uh, playoff week right here for for the NFL. So we'll talk about that next with Lee Sterling as Sports Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. It's Sports Talk. We're continuing hour number two here on the show along with Angel Munoz and, of course, UTEP Zay. 
I'm Adrian Broaddus. We're filling in for Steve Kaplowitz today. Lee Sterling coming up. He's on deck from ParamountSports.com talking about his weekly picks here on the show uh, as we continue. But first, before we get to Lee, let's uh, let's talk some other storylines that are coming out. Uh, one of the big local storylines today is the fact that Locomotive FC has hired Brian Clarhut as their new head coach and technical director. So for all the soccer fans out there, uh, that's a big story out right now. And um, yeah, we could talk about that. We could also talk about the Greater El Paso a football showcase. We're going to be um, having the game live here on 600 ESPN El Paso with Brandon the Iceman Cone and Paul McKinnon calling all the action. We'll have you covered out at the sack starting at noon right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Special thanks to Ed Stansbury for joining us in uh, the previous hour to talk about that as well. Hey, uh, I love the fact that bowl season is already kicking off this weekend and uh, this is some great stuff that's happening already. Uh, Tomorrow we have the hometown lenders Bahama Bowl, Miami, Ohio going up against UAB and that's kicking things off here on 600 ESPN El Paso as part of our bowl coverage. Let's get out to right now our favorite. It's uh, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com who's joining us next on the phone lines. Lee, this is uh, one of our favorite times of year. Happy holidays to you and happy holidays to everybody out there at Paramount Sports. How's it going? Same to you, Adrian. Uh, fun time of year and uh you know, it takes a lot, a lot more studying than in the past. I mean, we've got guys, uh, so many guys opting out because of injuries and the transfer portal. Uh, over 2,000 guys, transfer portal. Only 40% of them will end up in different schools. So um, it's worked out for some guys. Most cases, though, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Now, let me ask you this, Lee. Are you, like, on social media? Are you following beat writers? Like, how how do you stay on top of all this? Because it seems like it changes on a daily basis. Adrian, it used to take me two days to do the bowl games. This year, now there's more. You know, up to 41. It used to be 30, 35 bowl games. I would start on a Monday morning. By Tuesday night, I was done. Wow. 12, 13-hour days. I started on late Sunday afternoon, as soon as the Sunday games ended this year. I worked almost all the way through about 13, 14-hour days until Wednesday night. So I had three computers. I had so many tabs opened up. My wife is like, what is going on here? I mean, just uh, to, you know, look at the list and to be able to put it on to each team and then to study players, maybe some new quarterbacks that were playing, refresh my memory. Um, But that's what you got to do. It's a labor of love. If we win, it's all worth it. Let me ask you this now. If it's yep. a, a new quarterback who's never played all year, but he's yep. highly regarded, how, where, yep. where does that kind of skew your pick right there? Well, most quarterbacks have played maybe a game or two. There are So there's some film out them uh, usually this year or last year where they played. If not, I'll, I'll even go back to some high school tapes. And, um, you know, just got to do your work. And uh, and then if, if you don't have a feel on a game, I pass on some games. You know, there's sure. – 41 games, we'll probably have something on 26, 28 of them, but I'm just looking for the best games where we have the best, uh, the biggest chance to win. All right, well, let's get into it. Let's talk about all the great games uh, coming up here. First off, the Rose Bowl game. It's Utah versus Penn State. I can't wait for this one. This should be a great, uh, great, great matchup. Utah had an awesome, awesome game in the Pac-12 title matchup, ruining USC's hopes for a college football playoff appearance. Uh, they are 10-3 and going into this game. Love their quarterback, Cam Rising, who has over 2,900 passing yards and 25 touchdowns. Now on the other side of things, 
You look at a Penn State team who's checking into this game 10-2. and There are only two losses. How about the two teams who are representing the uh, Big Ten in the college football playoff in both Michigan and Ohio State? Love their freshman running back duo. Or actually, you know, I love I love what they have between Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen. How do you see this game, Lee? Yeah, so I think at one point Utah might have been the better team, but Penn State, the only real guy that's opting out is Joey Porter, star cornerback. I mean, they're going to be, without Utah, one of the starting linemen. Tavion Thomas, running back, tight end Dalton Kincaid here. And Cam Rising can do a lot, but I just think the Penn State running game is going to have a lot of success against Utah's defense. So sometimes it's all about the matchups here. I like Penn State, 31-27. Now let's go over to the Valero Alamo Bowl. This is one that El Pasoans definitely uh, make the trip out to go and and watch. It's the Texas Longhorns versus the Washington Huskies. I'm fired up about this one. Quinn Ewers versus Michael Penix Jr. That's such a great matchup right there in itself. The Huskies, they turned themselves around uh, from where they were last year, and uh, you know they they finished out this season uh, in a positive way. Now, the Texas Longhorns, while they dropped a few matchups, we kept hearing week after week Texas being, you know, in the college football playoff discussion or things like that. I, albeit a little outlandish, but still two very talented teams going at it in San Antonio. They are, and, and Texas recruits second to none. I think the problem here is, is Bijan Robinson's not playing in this game. He plays in this game, it's a completely different story. Here's a guy that can rip off two to 250 yards. Uh, any day of the weekend. And Quinn Ewers has been up and down. I mean, he started off well, looked like he was going to be one of the top five, top ten quarterbacks in the country. He's kind of settled in somewhere uh, above average, but still hasn't proven himself. And and then on the other side, I mean, look at this Washington pass offense. I mean, number one in the country, not not number five, ten. We're talking about the number one passing offense in the country. So they are something special. Uh, you know, it just shows you, you guys can end up going to another school and transferring and doing a job. So uh, Michael Penix, Jr., doing a great job there. He's got some big-time targets, and Jalen Polk and, and also uh, uh, Romeo Dunze and, and Jalen McMillan is doing a nice job, too. So I, I think they're going to have tr- some success against this Texas secondary here. Uh, I'm going to go with Washington here. Wow. Wrong team favored. 31-27. All right, that brings us to another game out uh, that has uh, some regional ties out d- into the state of Louisiana, the Sugar Bowl uh, between Kansas State and Alabama. Now, what's really interesting about Kansas State is as soon as they benched, uh, well, I shouldn't say benched, and injured Adrian Martinez, Howard at the quarterback spot um, uh, led Kansas State to a perfect 4-0 record and helped them win the Big 12 championship game. He had nine touchdowns, one in interception throughout this process or throughout that four-game stretch, and he's going up against an Alabama team right now who's been stout all year. Their biggest losses coming to um, you know the likes of Tennessee. Uh, for this Alabama team, I know that they every year their expectation is for them to win the national championship, but I don't think this was necessarily a down year on Alabama. What about you, Lee? Well, you know, they came really close. I mean, four points, two games, one by one point, one by three points, both on the last play of the game. Will Howard is a very underrated quarterback. I mean, he took apart this TCU secondary. I'm hearing the Alabama coaches been all over the country. They are trying to, you know, when you don't go to the semifinal game or win it all, it's a down year for them. So they've really hit the recruiting trail over the last couple weeks. And 
Uh, they're just being coached the, co- uh, the practices by assistant coaches and even some grad assistants. So I, I don't think it's a big deal for them. Sure, they like to win the game, whether they win or lose by three or seven points. I don't think many people will remember it except for their fans here. Uh, they want to get some guys that can take them over the top and, and then throw in Deuce Vaughn, 5'6", Dynamo, really tough to defend running the ball and, and him catching the ball at the backfield here. This game is all about motivation. Wrong team favorite here again, Kansas State 27-26 wow. for Alabama. Good stuff there, Lee. Let's go next to the college football semifinal game. It's the Peach Bowl first. Georgia Bulldogs up against the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, first off, before we even talk about this game, Lee, uh, your thoughts on Ohio State being the, the team to go into the college football playoffs. Are you okay with that? All good? I'm all good with it, but I think uh, in the discussions, I think behind closed doors, I think they had the committee had them as the number three team, but they couldn't match up Michigan and Ohio State uh, for sure. a second time. So sure. I, I think you know they can say whatever they want, but I think that's the real story. Okay, well, one of my favorite, or I'll, I'll reel off two of my favorite prospects going into this game. First off, Jalen Carter, what a strong finish he had to the season. Uh, one of the most talented players you're going to find on any college football team's defense. Six foot three, three hundred pound defensive lineman was injured for the uh, first half of the season, but worked his way back and made a case for uh, being the, maybe one of the first non quarterbacks taken in this upcoming NFL draft, who's not named Will uh, Anderson. So uh, I look at this Georgia defense. Defense. They're as stacked as ever. On the other side, the second prospect I love is, of course, C.J. Stroud, arguably the top or the second best quarterback going into this NFL draft. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one. Peach Bowl, Georgia, and Ohio State. Who do you who do you have here, here Lee? Yeah, um, if Ohio State thought they had a rough game against Michigan, wait till they play Georgia. They have guys that are next level, even even better than Michigan on the front lines here. So. Um, Georgia also familiar with playing in this building. Did it a couple weeks ago, third time this year. Their three-headed monster rushing attack of Kenny McIntosh, Dejon Edwards, and Kendall Milton. Maybe, if not the best, second to none. And all three, they, they just really utilize all three of their skill sets to a high level. C.J. Stroud was very good, but against the two toughest defenses, Notre Dame, didn't have a great game, and then against Michigan, didn't have enough to get him over the top here. Unless Stetson Bennett throws two or three interceptions, I'm going to ride the Bulldogs here, 37-17. That brings us to the Fiesta Bowl. It's Michigan going up against TCU. Now, interestingly enough, Max Duggan coming in for the Horned Frogs. He has you know his time to rest right now after being a Heisman runner-up. Uh, maybe he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder going into this matchup. And on the other side, Michigan's Heisman contender, Blake Corum, he'll miss this game because of a knee injury. Uh, how do you see this one, Lee? Yep. Uh, great story. TCU going from 5-7 and seven to 12-1 and one this year. Max Duggan in that championship game was insane. I mean, <laughs> I think he earned everyone's admiration. Uh, if they give him the ball, I, I think on third or fourth down in overtime, I think they score and they end up winning the game. Huge, huge mistake uh, as far as their coaches play calling there in those last two downs. They have a tough matchup here. Michigan is just flat out better on the offensive line in front seven. TCU is going to have to hit on some big plays and play error-free. They just can't go toe-to-toe with Michigan here. So college football semifinalists who allow more than 23 points per game, 0-4 straight up and 1-3 against the spread here, and that is TCU here. I think Michigan just looks hungrier this year. 
they're just not happy making the semifinals and making it to the big dance. Michigan, sometimes you got to lay it if you want to play it. 34-20 over TCU. All right, that brings us to the last one, a free play that you're giving us. It's like Christmas here in December. All right, all right, Lee. Um, here we go. It's uh, the Thursday night football matchup between the 49ers and the Seahawks. Uh, Santa Sterling, where are we going here? Yeah, anyone wants to get it. Don't normally give away a client play, but doing it tonight, I'm in a great mood. Uh, just call 800-400-9741. We'll give them the San Francisco-Seattle game. I have a Real strong opinion on this game, 800-400-9741. And you want to hop on board. We've had 13 out of 18 winning weeks, uh, $197. We call it Double Down December. You're going to get the last two weeks of the NFL, 37 bowl games starting at 9.30 a.m. your time tomorrow morning through December 31st. For the last five years, we've hit over 64% of our bowl selections. So we're ready to go. ParamountSports.com or call 800-400-9741. Hey, Lee, we always appreciate you joining us here on the show. You have a great holiday season, and we'll talk to you soon, all right? You too, Adrian. Take care. All right, Lee Sterling for Paramount Sports. Check him out on Twitter, simply at Paramount Sports on Twitter. Uh, we're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, Jeff Erickson from Rotowire.com. We're going to talk some fantasy sports next right here at 600 ESPN El Paso continues. Um, let's, let's go over to Charlie One with a traffic update.
All right, welcome back. Sports Talk continues along with Angel Munoz, UTEP Zay. I'm Adrian Bradis. Next up, let's talk some fantasy sports. We'll welcome on Jeff Erickson from rotowire.com, your one-stop shop for all fantasy sports. Jeff, welcome back to the show. How's everything going? Adrian, great to talk to you. Doing well. Fantasy playoffs are starting, so I'm pretty psyched. Uh, I'm not psyched. I'm sweating this one this week out, Jeff, but we'll get into that in just a little bit. Let's talk some baseball first. Uh, Noah Syndergaard to the Dodgers, uh, one-year deal. What What are your thoughts on this one right here? Um, You know, the Dodgers may have some special sauce that could make him a little bit stronger, a little bit better. I think he's just kind of a league average pitcher at this point in time, and there's value in that. The Dodgers needed another starter. Uh, so, you know, it could work. He's landing in a perfect spot. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, I probably won't be over the moon for him, but at the same time, yeah, I, can, I, I, I would use him. He doesn't get the strikeouts that he used to. Uh, and he was always like, you know, in fact, even when he was at peak form, when he was throwing his hardest, he even then he wasn't like a huge strikeout pitcher. Now, what about Carlos Correa going to the Giants? 13 years, $350 million to sign with them. Yeah, um... I was surprised a little bit until I saw what Xander Bogarts got, and I thought Correa would get more than Bogarts, and he did. Um, because he's younger, he's better defensively by a lot. Um, but he, he, he does have an issue of staying on the field, uh, you know, staying healthy, and also he doesn't run anymore. So uh, from a fantasy perspective, this isn't the greatest spot for him because it's a tough park to hit in. But you know, for the Giants, for a real baseball standpoint, I think – you know, obviously, it's it's a big improvement over what they have, and it shows it, it signals their, you know, their intentions to compete as well. This is a just a nasty NL West between the Dodgers, Padres, and the Giants. Speaking of the Dodgers, let's uh, touch on one uh, transaction that happened today. Yanni Hernandez from the A's going to the Dodgers right now in exchange for cash. What are your thoughts on this? Eh, just a depth piece for the Dodgers. Uh, the A's, you know, they. You know that that's that's how they do business right now, but I I don't see this as uh, really too big in our world in the fantasy world. But you know it, it is a guy that they can add on a little bit there to kind of uh, you know you know you know maybe jump in a little bit. But he struggled every time he's hit the major league level. So he maybe they saw something they can turn something out of him if maybe they saw something in his minor league production. But I mean I look at his minor leagues uh, his lines and you know there's not any power there at all. Uh, so wow. you're, you're hoping that he's like a pinch runner, speed guy. Maybe he can get some stolen bases for me with the new ba- with the new rules in baseball. There's going to be more stolen bases this year. What about Adam Frazier going to the Orioles on a one year, eight million dollar year? Now he struggled last year with the Mariners. Yeah, tough place to hit. He'll he'll move. And ironically, Camden Yards is now a tougher place to hit than it used to be when, after they changed the dimensions last year. Uh, he, he's a guy that's going to be kind of a utility guy, I think, for the Orioles. He'll fit in a lot of different places. All right, let's go over to another one that happened. Owen Miller traded to Milwaukee from Cleveland. How'd you like this one? Um, again, uh, you know, they the the Brewers they trade away Colton Wong earlier, so they kind of had a need for a guy that can kind of fit a little diff- fit in a different a lot of different parts. This is uh, kind of like the Milwaukee's way of doing things. They, they kind of find some guys on the cheap that might have a little upside value. They did the same with Roddy, Rowdy Telez earlier, and I think that they're hoping to replicate that sort of success. Now let's talk about one last trade. It's the three-team trade. It sent catcher Sean Murphy from the A's to Atlanta. Uh, Milwaukee got William Contreras from the Braves, and the A's get Kyle Muller, Frank Tarnock, and, and a little bit more in that deal as well. 
Yeah, so this is uh, this is the big one of the week so far in terms of trades. Um, I, you know, obviously Contreras benefits a lot from this because he's going to get a lot of playing time in Milwaukee. Uh, you know, whereas if he had remained in Atlanta, he would have had to share with Travis Darno. Obviously, with them adding Murphy, there's no need for Contreras there as well. Um, Darno probably loses some playing time as a result of this. Murray's, uh, Murphy's a better full-time catcher, and Murphy obviously lands in a better lineup and in a better ballpark to hit. Uh, the A's do what they did. What the A's do, they added volume instead of like an elite prospect. Uh, I would have preferred them just to trade for Contreras, but uh, they like uh, Shea Langeliers, who they got last year in the uh, Matt Olson trade. So that's who's going to be the full-time guy in Oakland. All right, let's uh, let's uh, shift over now. Let's talk a little fantasy football right now. Uh, Thursday night game. Let's start with this one. Who do you like for the 49ers Seahawks? Who are you fading tonight? I am fading Kenneth Walker. In fact, uh, even though he's been ruled, you know, had a full practice after missing a game on Sunday, had a full practice Tuesday. It's kind of weird. Um, I'm a little skeptical on his health, and no running back has run for 60, 60 plus yards against the uh, Niners all season long. So. I'm uh, fading him. I'm actually sitting him in one of my playoff uh, games this week, uh, choosing to start like Brian Robinson over him, choosing to start DJ Chark over him. It gives you an any indication of where I am with uh, Walker this week. I think it's a tough start. Um, I really want to back the Niners running backs. Both McCaffrey and Jordan Mason, Mason are in pretty decent uh, spots this week. Now, let, let's talk. I have to give you a Cowboy question. I'm sorry. And I think this one, it's a pretty easy answer to this one right here. Cowboys signed T.Y. Hilton this week. Any sort of value right now? Maybe even in a dynasty league for T.Y. Hilton? I don't think he was valuable last year. Uh, I have a hard time seeing how he's going to be able to jump in right away this year, especially, I think, at best, he's their number four. I don't see him displacing Noah Brown, even though. Um, yep. So that, that that's the thing is, I, I, I see him as just, okay. They, we decided to pass on OBJ. Okay, let's go with this other veteran uh, receiver anyhow and give us a little bit more depth. I think that's the Cowboys' approach. Now with the Ravens, they hear that uh, Tyler Huntley's back. Uh, Lamar Jackson's still out. Where do you go with the Ravens right now if you have some skill position players? Uh, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, they're back uh, kind of sh- splitting carries right now. I like the production they're getting on the ground, but where, where do you go with some of the skill position players here? I mean, I think this is exactly similar to the Seattle-San uh, Francisco game in, in so much as, you know, I like the running backs for the Niners a lot, and I like the running backs in this one here. I think both, you know, Cleveland's had a really hard time stopping the run, and I think uh, Baltimore will choose to exploit that. Uh, you know, unlike, uh, for instance, Miami against, San Diego, uh, against the Chargers last week where they just, you know, mystifyingly didn't run the ball, you're not going to have that problem here. You're going to have you're, – you're absolutely going to have – uh, you know, you know the, the Ravens run and run and run some more. Now, let's talk a little bit about the Vikings. In years past, uh, people might you know be worried about them, skeptical about them, whatever it may be. But is it time to stop being worried about the Vikings, especially when it comes to fantasy? I mean, uh, Cousins uh, is consistent. Justin Jefferson is killing it in fantasy. Plus everybody else like Adam Thielen and uh, Dalvin Cook that they have on their team. You know, they're kind of hit and miss still, though. I mean, if you put a little bit of pressure on Cousins, he, he'll have a rough game. Uh, we saw that in the Dallas game, for instance. So, uh, you know, I, I think you know, Jefferson you're, is going to get his. I'm not worried about him at all. Cook, I mean, you're, he's an autoplay every week, too. He may have his weeks where he doesn't do as much as you might have hoped. But at the same time, they're gonna, you know, you like what you get from them. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, from a team standpoint, from a... Like, are they going to go far in the playoffs? No, I, I have some really big concerns. There you go. 
I like that. Um, let's talk more about the Saturday games. By the way, first Saturday slate uh, coming up this weekend, Colts-Vikings, that, that leads it off, 11 o'clock local time. Then it's Ravens-Browns at 2.30. And then the nightcap, 6.15 start, Dolphins-Bills uh, out at Orchard Park in uh, New York. Now, this is interesting right here, Jeff, because what we could be experiencing is snowy conditions out in Buffalo. Is this a trap fantasy game right here with Bills-Dolphins in possibly snowy conditions? Yeah, it, it's. I think I, I'm. I'm. I don't think it's a trap so much as I think it's you know a continuation of the struggles that uh, that uh, the the Dolphins have had lately. I mean, this is a brutal, brutal road trip for them if you think about it. At the Niners, at the Chargers, and then at the Bills with short rest. Remember, they didn't play. They played the Sunday night game, so they didn't get home to their own beds until like ten in the morning the next day. Then they turn around and have to have a, a short week of practice. Go to snowy conditions in Buffalo. The right tackle, Austin Jackson, is out. This is a tough spot for them. Now let's go over to just a quarterback preference. Uh, quarterback Justin Fields versus the Eagles, or would you take Trevor Lawrence against the Cowboys? Oh, it's easily, uh, you know, easily Fields, I think. Lawrence has got a terrible matchup against the Cowboys. Uh, Fields, as long as he's healthy, you know, and he's making his runs, I think it's, it's even though I hate the matchup against the Eagles, you go with Fields. You've got to go with the running quarterback. Now, fallout of Kyler Murray's injury could sway a couple fantasy playoffs if you have DeAndre Hopkins, if you have guys like mm-hmm. Rondale Moore or James Conner. How do you feel like that, that Arizona offense is going to generate any kind of yardage? Well, it's not like they have an untested rookie. It's, uh, they got Cole McCoy, who's a veteran, although McCoy's got a neck issue, so that's something to watch for a little bit. Uh, but, you know, you have to worry a little bit about that. Um, and you kind of have to wonder what's going to happen. Plus, terrible matchup this week against the Broncos. Wide receivers fare terribly against uh, the Broncos normally. When you take out Kyler Murray, that makes it even worse. Now, with the Detroit Lions, it's so interesting because at one point, Jamal Williams, even at times when he wasn't injured, DeAndre Swift were very reliable running backs in fantasy. Uh, Now, it seems like we can't necessarily find a Detroit running back that gets consistent carries week after week. Is that the case? right now or do you just feel like the past game has really opened up for them which has created other opportunities oh i think you're right i mean i thought we you know two weeks ago swift uh, had a lot more carries a lot more uh, snaps it looked like he was ascendant and then he, his usage really declined again last week in a close game against the vikings so as a three-headed monster justin jackson getting that one touchdown late i mean it was frustrating um do you, do you play anybody among the lions running backs right now Probably Williams, but this is also a bad matchup. I mean, yeah. keep in mind, this is you know against the Jets on the road. We know Jerry Goff is way better at home than he is on the road. I think uh, that that's going to carry over to the entire offense. Uh, Houston, Kansas City coming this weekend. Damian Pierce out for Houston. Do you like any of the backups for the Texans this week against the Chiefs? I, I was forced. You know, I mean, not going to the head or anything, but uh, I you know, I had Pierce in a league where I had to try to replace him, and I picked up Ogunbowale. Uh, hopefully, he catches like five or six passes. Uh, it's it's not going to be pretty. Uh, you know, the one thing maybe is against the Chiefs, they're going to be behind, so they'll be forced to throw a little bit more, and that'll help them in a PPR standpoint. Uh, let's go to the Sunday night game. Giants running back Saquon Barkley says he's feeling way better. He was limited with a neck injury in their loss to the Eagles last Sunday. Do you think he'll get more carries this week in kind of a must a must win situation against Washington? Oh, yeah, it'll be like two weeks ago when they played the Commanders. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, I, just I think it'll be very just active. Just use them all the time. I, I don't think it'll be a good – I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think it'll be a good matchup, 
but it'll be very active. Okay, I got you right there. Let's go to another one, Pat's running backs. A little uncertainty on Damian Harris right now, also Ramondre Stevenson. Do you still play with any of these guys this weekend, or do you maybe opt with one of their other running backs? Um, yeah, I mean, Ramondre hasn't practiced at all this week. Uh, Harris has had two limited practices. It might be where Pierre Strong is part of the picture. It might be Kevin Harris is part of the picture. It's a mess. Yeah, it, it really is. Now, let's shift over to the Bengals. Their wide receiver and Tyler Boyd had a finger injury, but uh, you know he was saying that he was still in shock. He feels a little bit better now going into this game uh, against the Bucks. Do you play Tyler Boyd if you have him right now, or do you, you maybe look to your other option? I'd probably look to other options. I'm a little nervous about him and Higgins both, especially with the way the, the Bengals didn't really do much to report those injuries, and that bothers me a little bit there. It's a, it's, it's a, a trust issue at this point in time. Uh, it's Obviously, it's a hugely important game. Every game for them is hugely important so they can get a chance at winning the division, getting, the, you know, getting a home, at, at minimum one home game in the playoffs and possibility of two if they can catch Chiefs somehow. Um, so... I would say that uh, you're going to have to watch the Friday practice reports closely. With the full practice, I'd be comfortable playing them if they're limited in practice, and it's going to take like it's going to take a lot for me to be able to trust them. Uh, do you trust anybody on the Rams now that Baker Mayfield's a quarterback? Um, no, trust trust is a tough word to use there. I think uh, you'll see Van Jefferson get a decent number of targets, but I think it's going to be uh, you know, you're talking about like maybe around wide receiver 40, 45 for any of their top guys, whether it's Jefferson or Skoranek or even Tutu Atwell. Okay. Uh, let's talk about some teams just to stay away from this week. We know this is a must-win week for a lot of people in fantasy sports, especially football, and if it comes to the playoffs right now, you got to win week after week. What are teams to avoid right now, Jeff? Uh, there's so many teams with bad quarterback situations right now. Uh, Denver. Is going to be a problem right now, although at least they have Arizona uh, as an opponent. It's a pretty decent uh, matchup, but tough situation uh, quarterback-wise. Um, I, I think a couple others that you're probably going to avoid. I mean, I, I think we talked about the Rams. We talked a little bit about, uh, you, know, you, know, I, you know, look at that Arizona-Denver game. The total in that game is 36-and-a-half. You never see a total that low. I think Pittsburgh-Carolina is a mess as well. Yeah, what about Falcons-Saints? That seems like a mess. Yeah, sure is. Desmond Ritter making his debut. Hasn't even played a snap in anger. That's the weird part is they haven't found a way, a way to get him in the game at all for oh. any of the previous games. Yeah, no no doubt. Um, T, what about other waiver wire guys to pick up? This is like desperation mode, but sometimes that happens in fantasy playoff weeks. It does. There's not too many good ones this, uh, right now. Like You mentioned the, the Texans as a possibility. The Pats are a possibility of players to pick up, but you're not thrilled about any of them. You're definitely not, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, we really appreciate all the time today. This is going to be a big week for a lot of fantasy owners here locally. I know that a lot of people are fired up about this one uh, this weekend right here specifically. Uh, Jeff, can you preview anything going on on rotorwire.com so our listeners can check it out? Sure. So if you need help setting your lineup, I have my value meter where I rank players by position for the given week. 
going through my Thursday update right now, so it's, it's about complete there. Uh, we've got Ask an Expert. We've got uh, Jerry Donabedian's target breakdown as well as his backfield breakdown. Uh, you've got, uh, if you're in a pick and pool, Nick Whalen's got you covered with beating the book. We got you in a lot of different ways. You can try it. You can take a peek behind the paywall. Just check it out for yourself. Go to rotowire.com slash free. No credit cards required. Just plug in your, a valid email address, and off you go. We also have good baseball content up on the site as well. I did a baseball podcast today, so uh, we got a lot of different ways to help you out. Awesome stuff, Jeff. Hey, always appreciate it. I'm in my guillotine league, so I'm, I'm definitely alive, and I'm checking out rotowire.com for your value meter as well. So really appreciate all the stuff as always, and we'll talk to you again next week. Awesome, Adrian. Good luck. All right, good luck to you as well, Jeff. Hey, that's Jeff Erickson joining us from rotowire.com. Check him out on Twitter at Jeff underscore Erickson. And like you mentioned, check out all those podcasts as well that Rotowire does. They're awesome stuff. You can download them wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Or check them out online, rotowire.com. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, more sports talk right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.
All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian brought us along with Angel Munoz, UTEP Zay in the house as well. Schoolyard Sports. It's we're, it's that time already. Lane Frank, Jamie Frank joining us. This uh, segment is brought to you by River Oaks Properties as we continue here on the show. Uh, guys, it's great to talk to you. Great to see you both here in the studio. It's the brother show. It's it's the first time we've had a brother uh, show here on the show for uh, Schoolyard Sports. Lane, have you ever brought Jamie on the show? Never brought Jamie on the show. You know, he kind of brought this idea to me, and I thought it'd be funny. I said, let's roll with it. Uh, I love this. Uh, Lane, how's it going? Uh, you're about done with the school, right? Yep, all done with school. Okay, no no school tomorrow? Half dead, so. Easy. Exemption, all that. So now we can lock in on bowl season, right? Yeah, we can lock in on bowl season. Got a top 25 bowl tomorrow, UTSA, Troy. Excited. That's a big one. All right, real quick, who's your who's your pick in that game? I think I'm going to rock with Troy, Sunbelt team. UTSA, you know, you get Frank Harris, that quarterback, for next year and the bowl game, but I like the way Troy played against Coastal Carolina in their conference championship game. I'll take Troy in that one. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the NBA, and I'll bring you in on this, Jamie, because yeah. uh, there's the NBA season's heating up right now. I got a chance to see uh, Mavs Bucks last week, which was a great finish. It went down to the wire, and it just made me reflect. Like we've seen such a high caliber of play in the past two weeks. I'll, I'll start off with a random team, guys. Uh, let's start off with the Hawks. Okay, I'm gonna I'll throw this at both of you guys uh, first with you, Lane, then with you, Jamie. Trey Young, there's an issue right now with the Hawks, right? They're 14 and, and 15. There was an issue that went on in the locker room. Is it time to look at Trey Young as a possible trade piece? I mean, when they made that DeJounte Murray trade, I think it kind of surprised a lot of us because they had just drafted a guard, A.J. Griffin, the draft. You know, you have Trey Young, who's your superstar, and now the offense doesn't run solely through him. He doesn't really play great with DeJounte Murray in the court. You get guys like A.J. Griffin playing great, but then Trey Young, when he comes in, all that kind of fades away. So Nate McMillan, they got a few things to figure out. What do you think, Jamie? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with Lane. They got absolutely like killed by the Magic last night, I think. Um, Paolo Bancaro from Duke, he had a great Baller. game. Yeah, AJ Friends Griffin. Um, yeah, I think AJ Griffin has had like two buzzer beaters for them so far. So they definitely have a good like young core, bright future. But I think as a leader, Trey Young just isn't where he needs to be. They should definitely look into trading him. I think for more of a veteran type player because they have such a good young core. They kind of just need one piece to put it all together. I think. Isn't it crazy that we're talking about Trey Young being traded after he uh, lit up the Madison Square Garden with what he did against the Knicks and beat out a team like the Seven? 76ers? Yeah, you know, that's kind of crazy. I think the thing I saw on the internet today was how that trade, Luka Doncic for Trey Young, isn't so win for win now. It's kind of Luka Doncic. They kind of fleece the Hawks now because Trey Young hasn't accomplished much. Luka Doncic, they're playing great. I remember when I watched that draft live and I, I went crazy. I was like, wait a second. The Hawks are trading this out of here right now, out of Luka? Like, that's ridiculous right there. We, we got people waiting outside? All right, we'll, we'll go bring those guys, those people in here. Uh, Schoolyard Sports continues. Let me ask you guys this. Another random team. The New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, they've been a lot of fun. They're first in the West right now, and what they've been able to do. Can they be a real contender, though, guys? I, I mean, Zion Williamson, they're playing great. If they can stay healthy. if they can, That's the main thing. If Zion Williamson can stay healthy, we've seen issues. We've seen Brandon Ingram have issues. Steven Adams is the core. I mean, their center, they've just been playing great. I'm excited to see how it goes with New Orleans Pelicans this season. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Another Duke guy with Zion, MVP candidate. Is he your favorite Zoom, uh, Duke guy? I think either him or Tatum, just because okay. they've both been lighting it up this year. I'd say they're the top two MVP candidates, but um, they've just been rolling lately. I think doing it mostly without uh, B.I., so C.J. McCollum playing well, Valanciunas playing well. I think they are a legit threat in the West. Now, they also have a trade to make, right, guys? Because I, I look at that team right there. They've got... 
young guys that yeah. I, I didn't even know who, when they came onto the scene for the first time. And they have some trades that they can make if they really want it. And the ace in their back pocket is that Lakers pick, that, that draft pick that they have this year. Exactly, and also they have a former lottery pick, Kyra Lewis Jr. They kind of expected him to be Lonzo Ball's replacement, but that's kind of CJ McCollum now. So that's a really interesting thing right there. Yeah, they definitely have a bunch of pieces to make a trade. What do they need, though? Do they need like a 3 and D guy? Do they need a forward? Do they need another a little bit more depth in their backcourt to kind of help out CJ? I think the backcourt, maybe a little bit more depth to the front court. I know you have Zion, I know you have Jones Valanciunas. Just building that bench up, getting one of the best benches in the NBA, I think that's what you need. Let's talk a little bit about the Dallas Mavericks, okay? Are you guys concerned about what they're showing right now? A lot of inconsistency. We'll start with you, Jamie. What do you think about the Mavs? Yeah, I mean, everyone knows how good Luka is. He's just like a generational type player. But um, uh, they just need to give him a better supporting cast, I think. I don't think the Christian Wood situation worked out as well as they thought. I don't think so either. He's coming off the bench. like He definitely has some good performances, but um, just not working out as well as they need. They definitely need to make some type of change. You know, Jamie's got his points right now. He knows a little bit more NBA than me, I think. Yeah, I think he yeah. stays up to a little <laughs> bit more. I think every other sport I own him in, though. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit interesting. That Christian Wood trade kind of shocked us all. He did well with the Rockets, and then a lot of injuries happened with that team. So, yeah, Luka Doncic, they're all playing great. Let's just see how it goes. You're a Knicks guy, right? Knicks guy. We're both Knicks guys. You're yeah, both yeah. Knicks guys. All right, let's talk a little bit about Knicks. Uh, night, Julius Randle. Great game. Yeah. I mean, great game. misses the buzzer last night, which I don't think he's ever hit a buzzer beer in his career. But, I mean, still, clutching up in overtime. R.J. Barrett obviously still having his issues. I'd much rather have Donovan Mitchell than R.J. Barrett because yeah. R.J. Barrett, he's there to drive it. He's too timid, can't make a jumper. That's my problem right there in the New York Knicks. But you see guys like Miles McBride stepping up. I mean, Derrick Rose even said, I'm okay with coming off the bench if Miles McBride is playing great and we're starting and we're winning. So I'm happy to see the New York Knicks. Best position they've been so far in five years. Jamie? Yeah, I agree. Jalen Brunson had a crazy uh, angle breaker on Caruso last night in overtime, kind of to seal the win. He's definitely been outperforming what people thought, I think. But um, just having Donovan Mitchell, I think, would have put us over the edge. But definitely can't be mad at our position right now. What's the trade to make, though? I, I mean, the Knicks, it's always about winning the title for the Knicks. It's not yeah. about you know trying to get to the playoffs and trying to build the team. What's the trade to make? It's, it's Randall, right? I mean, he's definitely been playing better than last year, so I say you kind of have to explore something for R.J. Barrett, but his value has tanked a little bit from the offseason because people just expected him to take that, I think, third or fourth year leap that he never really took. So his value has definitely gone down, but I think they do need to explore something with him. I think with Julius Randle, you wouldn't get much out of a trade because, A, he's eight, he's older now, aging than when he was two years ago in that playoff run, and B, you don't know when you're going to get out of him, so if you keep him, you can get a great Julius Randle, but if you trade him, then you don't know. So that's my interesting thing right there. Doesn't really have much trade value, Julius Randle. So keep him. Maybe can be great for you. All right, let's talk a little baseball, Lane. Let's talk a little bit about Noah Syndergaard to the Dodgers. And your thoughts? <laughs> Noah Syndergaard, you your know, boy. He and I, me and his mom, had a little beef over the past few years. A little funny thing right there. But uh, yeah, Noah Syndergaard going to LA. They'll play the Mets July 14th to the 16th. So he probably won't pitch in that series. Just knowing how Noah Syndergaard is with that stuff. I mean, he was in the same division. Didn't even want to pitch against the Mets. Noah Syndergaard. Damaged goods, first year in the MLB, 101 mile per hour fastball, now it's at like 93. That's no. probably what's a one-year deal, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, Carlos yeah. Correa to the Giants. Carlos Correa. I thought, I thought it was a chance he'd be a Met, but uh, that's a massive contract for him. You know, He's a guy who everybody expected when he was young to be the next great MLB superstar, get a massive contract. Never really happened for him. Then he got the one-year deal from the Twins. Glad he gets his big money, but for the Giants, 13 years of Carlos Correa. I know he's going to be your franchise shortstop, boy. You're going to get out of there. 
uh, last trade, uh, the three-team trade, Sean Murphy. Uh, it also involved uh, William Contreras. Your winners and losers out of that one between Brewers, A's, and uh, the uh, you know, the Braves. I'm going losers. The Braves. Sean Murphy showed a little bit of inconsistency last year, and I got massive payroll. I read they might have to trade Max Freed because how high that payroll is now. William Contreras was good enough. He's a young player, good uh, good catcher. I mean, I don't understand that move at all for the Braves. I don't get it either. I don't get it either. Your thoughts on this baseball offseason, Jamie? Uh, Mets. How about the Mets, huh? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm mainly a Mets fan. Honestly, uh, probably don't know as much as Lane here. but uh, He knows Steve- MLB. Stephen Cohen is not afraid to spend money. He does not care about the luxury tax. I think he'll do anything to bring a World Series back to New York. And that payroll just keeps growing. I'm interested to see if they grab any other big stars. But um, the lineup is looking nice so far, I think. We're breaking some rules early on here on the show. We're bringing you on early. Schoolyard Sports early here on the show. We're going to get into the big hour. Hour number three here on the show. It's the five hot takes that I have ready to go for Lane, and he's going to just react to it. Are you ready for this? Let's go. Let's do it. This is presented by River Oaks Properties. Schoolyard Sports coming up next. Uh, This is uh, continuing right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.
All right, welcome back. Third hour of Sports Talk continues. Adrian brought us here along with Angel Munoz, UTEP Zay, producing the show along with Angel Munoz. Appreciate you guys. Uh, we are getting into our real segment here at Schoolyard Sports with Lane Frank. He's also brought his brother, Jamie, from Duke. Uh, 14-year-old Lane, 18-year-old Jamie, and uh, this is brought to you by River Oaks Properties. Episode 104 coming out soon. Yep. J- Lane, uh, give us the rundown. Yeah, we're going to talk about bowl games. We're going to talk about college ball playoff, predict all that. You know, We're going to take a little bit high ace over winter break, so then talk about playoffs, give you Matt Rose Bowl pick, talk a lot about NFL, NBA, yeah, MLB free agency breakdown. We just saw Carlos Rodon go to the Yankees. So, yeah, a bunch of stuff. Yeah, let, let, we'll get into that uh, breaking news in just a second. But uh, as far as like a little hiatus, what what is this? You go every single week. Like, have you called? Have you uh, thought about how many weeks in a row you've been uh, going with this? Yeah, I mean, it's been crazy to think about because I mean, I think I've skipped maybe a few weeks, uh, a few weeks in summer. Past two years, I've skipped uh, three weeks each summer, and then a few weeks over winter. But yeah, in total, I probably have missed more than twenty weeks. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. What a year. What a, what yeah. a 2022. Yeah, what, a, what a, yeah. What an awesome time to be doing the episodes. All right, let's talk about that breaking news. Lefty uh, Carlos Rodon, the Yankees, in an agreement on a six-year, $162 million deal. Rodon, who, he was the best pitcher left on the market. Yeah. The, uh, the Yankees add uh, somebody to the rotation. It's already a pretty loaded rotation right now mm-hmm. as it is. Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, Luis Severino, uh, Rodon, Aaron Judge, the Yankees, uh, they do it this offseason. It just shows, like, this year they were the best team in the regular season, and then they just collapsed. And now they're like, okay, we got to get things going. We got to just go all out. Judge, you want more than $320 million? Let's give you 360 Costa Rodon, you want more? Let's give that to you. Let's uh, let's get into it, man. Um, it. I'm excited. Let's talk hot takes, and uh, I want your brother Jamie to react to these. Okay, uh-huh. all right. so number one. Okay, well, I, this is my first one. We're going uh, NFL first. Are these right? your takes or just no? I, I just I was just thinking. Okay. I you know I was thinking over the past yeah, yeah, couple yeah. weeks. All right, um, we're when, if we had to redraft the quarterbacks who are taken in the 2020 draft. All right, I'm going to give you the the names. All right. We have Joe Burrow, we have who is taken first overall with the Bengals. We have Justin Herbert taken sixth overall behind Tua Tungovailoa, fifth overall to Miami, and then Jalen Hurts second round, fifty third overall. Those four quarterbacks rank them as how you would take them if you were starting a franchise right now. If I was starting a franchise right now, I'd go Burrow one. It's gonna be a little hot take. I'm gonna go Justin Herbert number two. Wow, Justin Herbert number two. Coming out, okay, so coming out of that draft, 2020, I said Justin Herbert. He's going to be better than Tua. He's going to be better than all these other guys. I like Justin Herbert at number two. For number three, Jalen Hurts. Four, Tua, and then five, Jordan Love. Um, okay, okay. You'll, you'll uh, insert. I didn't even put Jordan Love. I know he's like 24th Jordan Love overall. Could be good. We never know. Okay, all right. So, uh, you know, yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with Lane a little bit on that one. I think uh, I'll still have Joe Burrow first just because yeah. of that awesome playoff run he had uh, last year. Um, but uh, no other QB in that class has had a run like Jalen Hurts is having this year. So I say he definitely has to go number two. You could even argue he's doing better than Burrow has in his whole career. The career-er. physical tools, though, of Justin Herbert, the way Justin Herbert plays his whole career, his consistency is there. But what has he accomplished, you know? No playoff wins, Rookie right? of the year. I, I don't know. I, I still don't agree with it. I mean, Justin Herbert, he or definitely Tua? has the talent. Herbert. But um, I think Tua is having a better year still right now, even with oh, the man. weapons no. that he has. Jamie, okay. I, Herbert I'm gonna maybe ha- having a down year? But he is. I would trust Justin Herbert over anybody. Maybe even a Super Bowl over Joe Burrow. I, th- I think the Herbert Justin hype Herbert train, might be the best. The hype train I'm not is joking. Losing a little gas. Like I love Justin start, Herbert. He needs to start getting some results. But Justin the, Herbert is fan base turns on him. Is he's it? Doing what, he's doing the most with the least out of all these guys. All these guys have the tools. AJ, I mean, Jalen Hurts has his receiver. AJ Brown. Tua has his receivers. Joe Burrow has his receivers. Who's Justin Herbert? Keen Allen's banged up. 
Let me ask you this, Slane, because I am a Chargers truther, and I'm a Justin Herbert truther as well. But I also understand that some of the limitations, it's not necessarily injury-related, but some of them are self-inflicted things that he does errors that he has on his side maybe it's not his fault maybe he was dealing with this rib injury that has hurt him this entire year you still would take him over possibly Joe Burrow as first overall out of this class like Jamie said that Super Bowl run by Joe Burrow is amazing so I'm not going to do that fully but you see the plays I mean the Justin Herbert when you see his best plays that's better than the best plays of all these other guys Justin Herbert I think he does the most with the least now, Jalen Hurts, why isn't he number one on this? Because look at what he's doing with Philly be. right he now. He very well could be, but uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, you can always say he's a runner. He's this, he's that. But when you think about it, his physical tools, his this. Michael Parsons said today, it's just a system. He's, it's the team, not so That's much right. him. I don't really agree with that. Jalen Hurts is still balling out, still going to be MVP. He's a winner. Or Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow could be MVP. Well, what about Patrick Mahomes? He's not out of it. You know, Patrick Mahomes, every year we see that, but then this year that could be a real argument because he doesn't have Tyreek Hill. Well, my the, my uh, my biggest uh, my second one. This goes to a second one already. Make the case for Patrick Mahomes as MVP because this is this is tough right now. The Eagles, as it stands, their toughest game left is the Cowboys on the road. If they run the table and they're sixteen and one, you could basically hand that uh, MVP trophy to Jalen Hurts. How does Patrick Mahomes actually get this? I think the only way Patrick Mahomes gets this is if he doesn't make errors down the way. That's the thing. Patrick Mahomes has the most is that he doesn't make he doesn't throw that many interceptions. Neither does Jalen Hurts. But if you want, if you ask somebody who would you rather have right now, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl this season, they would say Patrick Mahomes. So why isn't Patrick Mahomes every repeat? That's my, that's my like take that. right there. That's true. I like it. I mean, it seems like any week Mahomes can go for four touchdowns, three hundred yards. Yeah, just and Jalen like Hurts, it can be every different. Every single so. week. Last year it seemed like they were gonna, or last week it seemed like they were gonna beat the Broncos by hundred, and then um, Mahomes threw back to back interceptions. I think so. He just got to stay consistent, like yeah. basically just play his game, not even do anything too crazy. And I think he could lock it up. I don't think yeah. the Eagles will. Uh, win out either they'll definitely slip up at some point I don't know if it's going to be the Cowboys or someone else but um that's just a difficult thing to do go 16 and 1 you know when Mahomes come out of college there are always those concerns oh he throws too many receptions makes too many bonehead plays the Chiefs have done a real good job cleaning up you still get a whiff of that in there like you said those back-to-back interceptions yeah whiff of those dumb plays Patrick Mahomes in there every now and then I'm going to pose one at you. So we're already at number three. Lane, uh, is the MVP rule, uh, is the MVP award kind of flawed right now the way it is? Because it only skews to quarterbacks. It doesn't really go to the best overall player right now. Is the MVP award skewed or are you good with it? I think the MVP award in the NFL is pretty much irrelevant. Maybe all the words in the NFL are irrelevant because there's a greater goal, a Super Bowl. Nobody in the NFL cares about your accolades. Nobody's going to talk about on Matt Ryan is... Matt Ryan Hall of Famer because he won MVP. It just that seems kind of irrelevant in there. Yeah, it's a quarterback award. I can't remember the last. I don't think. I mean, I can't remember the last time a quarterback didn't win an award. Well, it makes me think about the Heisman as well. I mean, the exactly. Heisman uh, Trophy itself. It's always the quarterbacks who are there, and I'm I'm wondering where's the representation for some of the running backs or some of the yeah. other great players you know, out in college football. I talked about that on the Score Sports Instagram, and I brought up some good points. Only three Heisman's in the CFP era have won a national championship. Uh, Wait, re- really? Yep. What? Yeah. That's a horrible stat. I know. And then Reggie Bush is the only Heisman of this century to win a Super Bowl. That's, That's a terrible stat he, as well. He doesn't even own his Heisman right now. Uh, and then almost every single time a player won a Heisman, they came back their next year. So Bryce Young, Lamar Jackson, they regressed, but they didn't win it. Only one time it's been done, Troy Smith. And just too many voters. Over 900 people vote this year. That's too many. And then I think it just needs to be a collective group for the Heisman. Not too many, too many quarterbacks win it nowadays. I know we see that rare Devontae Smith, that rare Derrick Henry, but... 
I think there's got to be a difference with these wards. I just feel like sometimes there's a physical specimen out there where I'm just like, that guy's objectively the best player in football right now. Yeah, I agree. Like this year, we kind of saw it with Blake Corum. He did get injured down the stretch, but I mean, he's only 5'8", doing some incredible things at running back. I think it's he definitely should have been at least invited to New York. And um, it is, sadly, just a QB award right now. I think there definitely needs to be some type of change. Cooper Cup should have won it last year, and then there's obviously a case for Justin Jefferson this year. That's right. I'm with you on that. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot of Texas fans out there who are screaming in their car thinking, B. John Robinson, why yeah. aren't you saying B. John Robinson? So. I mean, B. John has the tools for sure, but uh, he didn't deserve to be. I mean, he didn't have the... I mean, the biggest game of the year against TCU did nothing, so that's my take right there. There you go. Let's shift it over to M- NBA. Um, this isn't necessarily a take, but I just want to get your thoughts on this. If you're starting an NBA team, similar to what we talked about uh, with you know the, M- the NFL, and you can build about around one player, just one player across the league for the next 10 years, you're guaranteed that they are staying in, they're not going to be upset, demand a trade or anything, they will stay with the, the, the franchise for the next 10 years, who would it be? It's so easy. Luka Doncic. He makes other players better. If you stay with him for 10 years, other players are going to want to play with Luka. He's so talented. Can play any position on the court. It's outside center and power forward. I love Luka. I take Luka. I say uh, give me Jason Tatum. He's gone what? through. But so, so you are he's not as versatile the, as Luka. I think he's going to be the next LeBron. Luka. He's gone through so many coaching controversies this year. He's still leading the team to the number one seed uh, in the East. Number one record overall. He plays small forward perfectly. I mean, um, he went to Duke, uh, was under Coach K, learned all about the brotherhood, definitely has a sense of loyalty. He's not going to demand a trade, anything like that. And out of anyone, I think he makes people around him better. You all didn't say Giannis. Giannis okay. is, but, could definitely be the guy. He's, he overpowered he'd everybody. Number two. He'd, he'd been number two for me, but do we know Giannis is going to be in the NBA in 10 years? Do we know he's not going to be retired? Do we know he's going to be this dominant seven-foot run-through-your-face force? And what about uh, when Victor Wembanyama comes into there, the league? There you could go. He, There's he another. The Giannis stopper. I see Victor Wembanyama more as like a Tim Duncan, not so much a LeBron James. What? There's a lot of Tim great Duncan. young talent right now. Like, He's not going to be the greatest player of all time, but he'll still be top 10. He'll still be amazing, just more oh, about yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. Not, not play style, though. No. Yeah. I, I don't know, guys. I'd still take Giannis today. If I get 10 years guaranteed, that's a face of a franchise. That's somebody who's going to definitely champion your franchise as well. He's somebody who's very easy to play with and a, a cool guy off the court. I don't know. I love the shot making Luka makes, but here's my problem with Luka. He holds the ball a lot. It's kind of like all, watching yeah. James Harden with the Rockets. It's, it's like watching yeah. that right now. Yeah, for sure. I think Luka Doncic is the new James Harden, whatever you want to say. I think another player you could throw in there, Joel Embiid. Superstars yeah. like to play with him. I like that. Best center in the game. Nikola Jokic also. You have to just take two years out of that 10 years for yeah. Joel Embiid of being injured, That's true. unfortunately. Okay. All right, uh, let's shift it over to the next one. Let's go to this upcoming NFL draft, okay? Uh, l- can you give me your top five, your your overall uh, you know, favorite players, I guess, uh, atop the board right now? And then we'll, we'll talk quarterbacks after that. Okay, that's a little bit interesting right there. I think my top five, I hate to, I mean, as a Michigan fan, I have to hate C.J. Stroud, but as a prospect, he's amazing. Size, everything. I think he could, if he, you know, there's obviously those issues. You never be your best rival in college. Michigan, you got blown out twice. Two games where you didn't play well. Why can't you beat them? That's always a concern. Can you do that in the NFL for us? Jalen Carter out of Georgia, he's a freak of nature. That guy's so good. Didn't play the first half of the season. I know. Will Anderson, you know, we all kind of expected him to just be a lock for the number one overall pick. Kind of have a little bit up and down year this year. Bryce Young, he's six foot. Can he be the next Russell Wilson? We tried that with Kyler Murray. Take a, on a Russell Wilson type of shorter quarterback. That isn't working out so well with Kyler Murray right now. I know he's his massive contract, but torn ACL, all this, all that. Bryce Young, could he be that player in the NFL? Could he be a massive bust? He's not going to be the next Tom Brady. 
Will Levis, I'm not buying into the hype of Will Levis that much. But yeah, a lot of great prospects in this NFL draft. Trying to think of who else I'll throw up there. Uh, Anthony uh, Anthony Richardson, he had a down year, okay. but um, yep. his size, his, he's his raw. athletic ability. Anthony Richardson, uh, best quarterback he, prospect since Josh Allen. If he goes raw to a talent, great, upside? I agree, yeah. I think if he goes to a good QB coach in a good system with some weapons already around him, I don't see how he doesn't do well just with his athletic ability and size. Like, There's nobody like him right now. I watched Anthony Richardson versus Utah this year, full game. Wow. He looked like an amazing quarterback. Well, that's a game that will that will kind of be deceiving, right? Because that's the game everybody points to. But then I started watching a little Against bit more Georgia, of Georgia, though, he still plays well in the third quarter. I love Anthony. I'm the Anthony Richardson truther, but I have to fend off a lot of people who aren't. So, uh, all right, let's get, let's get a quick ranking. I'm going uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson in that order right there. Okay. As far as uh, NFL talent, I, I'll go Young, Richardson, Stroud, Levis as far as upside. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. For NFL talent, I'm going Stroud, I'm going Richardson, I'm going Bryce Young, and I'm going Levis. No hate on Will Levis, but you know he can't beat out Sean Clifford at Penn State. What's he going to do in the NFL? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that order with Lane. Just got to focus on the size, raw talent. CJ or um, Bryce Young just doesn't have that. Will Levis just doesn't really he's have the slim. talent, I think. Yeah, I think he's just a yeah. little too small. What happens when he takes a big hit to the ribs? Like, For Russell Wilson, you see he's a, thick. He's still tiny, but he's thick. Yeah. Yeah, no, you guys are right. All right, you guys ready to pick some games? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's take a timeout right now. Charlie One's back with traffic, then we'll pick some games. Schoolyard Sports, Lane Frank, Jamie Frank, as we continue, is presented by River Oaks Properties right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. In the El Paso Metro place, the uh, rough spot that we have right now, this crash just happened on the west side, I-10 east at Archcraft. We have a collision that just happened. Left lane is going to be blocked here. There's back up the Trans Mountain. So, from Trans Mountain to Archcraft, eastbound lanes, you're in the stop and go. Nothing but brake lights coming on there. Far east side, Gabriel West and East Lake, the work in a crash. Where else are we tapping the brakes? I-10 West, of course, to that Wattis ramp. Even if you're not going to Wattis, backs you up all the way back to almost Hawkins on those westbound lanes. Freeway right now in that area. I-10 West Hawkins to the Spaghetti Bowl. Looks like a Christmas tree lit up. Nothing but brake lights coming on. I-10 West and Miss I-10 Red. Rough traffic there with uh, stop-and-go traffic. This update brought to you by Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rimcon. Open for dining and carry-out Tuesday through Sunday, 11 to 8. Party trains, popular Mr. T specials, full menu. Don't forget the delicious papillas. Family-owned and operated. Go Miners. Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rimcon. Starting one 600 ESPN El Paso.
All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian brought us along with Angel Munoz, UTEP Zay, here on the show. This is a schoolyard sports segment right here. Lane Frank, Jamie Frank, we are presented here by River Oaks Properties on this segment. And now it's time to pick some Week 15 NFL football games. You guys ready? Yep, let's do let's it. Let's do it. All right, uh, first off, let's start things off with the Thursday night football game. It's the San Francisco 49ers going up against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, first off, on the Seahawks side, they are 7-6 and six going into this game. They're 3-3 three and three at Lumen, and uh, the 49ers on the year, 9-4, and 3-3 three and three on the road. They have their new quarterback in Brock Purdy right now. He's questionable, but it looks like he's going to play. He'll get the nod in this one. Lane, we'll start things off with you. Give us your picks. Uh, Brock Purdy's going to play pretty good in this one. Give me the 49ers. Beating the Seahawks, I just like the way they've been playing. Dre Greenlaw's been grand defense to them. I mean, they just played great against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Seahawks a little bit struggling right now. You know, Kenneth Walker, that running game's fading a little bit because he was injured. Now he's back tonight. It's interesting to see how it goes. Geno Smith, we see him fading a little bit. I'm interested to see how that goes. So, yeah, I like, uh, I like the 49ers in this one. Jamie. Uh, yeah, Seattle's defense has been struggling a lot lately. The run game hasn't been doing as well as earlier in the year. But uh, it is a home divisional game. Basically, their playoff hopes and season are on the line. They need a win. And they're playing against a banged-up rookie QB. I think last week was kind of a fluke, so I'll take the Seahawks a in this fluke. one. Mm. Yeah. You must have not seen Brock Purdy 2020 at Iowa State. Mm, okay. We'll see. We'll see. All right. I like it. All right. First Saturday slate that we get. I love Oof, Saturday I love football. Saturday, yeah. However, I'll say this. The problem with Saturday is I'm, I'm always confused because I want to watch the college games. I want to watch yeah. the NFL games. And uh, it doesn't allow me to do both. With the bowl games, it conflicts. Yeah. That's the problem. So I'm looking forward to this one, though. Kicking things off on the NFL Network, 11 o'clock. It's Colts Vikings. Now, first off with Indianapolis, struggling. 4-8-1. Uh, just really no identity to that team. On the Vikings side of things, 10-3, 8-1. Six and one at home overall. Is this a no brainer right here, Lane? Yeah, no brainer. Give me the Vikings. Okay. Yeah, I don't think the Jeff Saturday uh, experiment is working out too well, but the Colts are coming off the bye, so it's going to be a little closer than people think, but I'll still take the Vikings. All right, next game Ravens Browns, 2 30 kickoff local time on the NFL network. Ravens, nine and four on the season. Browns, five and eight. Deshaun Watson's experiment is not working out with Cleveland so far. Uh, Ravens, they'll, they'll uh, go with Huntley again. But can they win again, Lane? I don't think they can. I like the Browns this one. Don Peoples-Jones has been Deshaun Watson's top target. Top target the past two weeks, most receiving guards to the Browns. Browns only lost twice this season when Nick Chubb rushes for 100 yards. If Nick Chubb can rush for 100 yards, they're almost a lock to win. Give me the Browns over the Ravens. If it's Tyler Huntley, if it's Anthony Brown, I think the Browns win this one. Yeah, you are right about both teams uh, having to rely on the run game with uh, some banged-up quarterbacks. And then, exactly. And Ravens' run game isn't there outside play, of Lamar. But... The uh, Cleveland has a very bad run D. The Ravens go. have had the number okay. one run defense since Rip getting Roquan Smith. Smith. Yep. Ravens have dominated the Browns historically. Give me the Ravens. On the road. Okay. Now let's go to the nightcap. This one I'm looking forward to uh, the most out of maybe all the games this weekend. 6-15 local kickoff. NFL Network still has the coverage for this one. Dolphins 8-5 and five right now. Kind of reeling at this point of the season. They're on the road going up against the Bills out at Highmark Stadium. Could be snowy conditions out there in Buffalo. Uh, let's start with you, Jamie, on this game. Yeah, I mean, last week we saw Tua and the Dolphins had basically no answer to the Chargers' defense outside of some two fluke plays. Miami has really bad pass defense also, and the Bills are going to bring a ton of pressure on Tua. I don't think they're going to be able to sustain that, so give me the Bills. Yeah, I like the Bills big in this one. Dolphins play too many games. Mike Daniel plays too many games. I mean... Like they said, social media team. I know Emmanuel Ocho called uh, <laughs> Justin Herbert's social media quarterback. Don't get that. But, yeah, Dolphins are a social media team. 
I like the Bills big over the Dolphins. I've never been. Uh, I've never heard the social media team. I love this. Mm. I love this right here. All right, bringing it uh, bringing it over to Sunday. Desmond Ritter and the Atlanta Falcons, who are struggling. Speaking of struggling teams, man, the Falcons right now man. five and eight overall. It's crazy as it sounds. They're still not out of uh, winning the division right now as it stands. They're going up against the Saints four and nine, three and four at home. No Jameis Winston. They'll still roll with Andy Dalton Lane. Yeah, I like the Saints this one. Saints will win the games that you kind of expect them to win. I always said that a few weeks ago. But against the Buccaneers, they held their own. They're coming off a bye week. This is a no-brainer for me. Desmond Reader gets a bad first crew loss. I'm going to go with the underdog, the Falcons. Ritter making his debut on the road. Uh, Very similar to Mariota and his skill set, but I think he's a better passer. They're coming off the bye, have a lot of time to prepare for this. And, um, yeah, give me the underdog, Falcons. I I like them in this one. I like Arthur Smith. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Let's do it. Let's keep it going. It's Lions Jets. This is, should be a great one too. Uh, Detroit six and seven on the season, having a little spark to their year as well. Uh, this is an eleven a.m. kickoff on CBS. The Jets, meanwhile, seven and six, similar to how Jamie was talking about how you know uh, the the Ravens need to win, the Dolphins need to win, the Bills need to win, the the Seahawks desperately need to win right yeah. now. Uh, the Jets are in desperation mode right now. They can they need to win to lock up playoff spot. But the Lions can't lose. If they lose another game, they're eliminated from the playoffs. Jamie, we'll start with you. Lions, uh, Jets, who do you like? Yeah, just like you said, both teams really need to win. Lions just have been rolling lately. And with Mike White and Quinn and Williams kind of banged up, I think they're both questionable. I like the Lions in this one. This is a hot take, but I think Zach Wilson is your best bet. I like Mike White, but right now, Zach Wilson would be your best bet at quarterback. He's going to be their backup, not their third stringer anymore. Joe Flacco is going to be third string. I like the Lions in this one. Quinn Williams, like you said, a little bit banged up. The Lions win for the second time in my life. All right, let's move over to the next game. Steelers-Panthers. Uh, 11 o'clock kickoff on CBS for this one. Uh, this this could be a matchup of irrelevant teams. Panthers 5-8. and eight. I guess they're still not out of the playoff picture. Steelers 5-8 and eight right now. Uh, it looks like Pickens does not want uh, you know M- Mitch Trubisky to play in this game. I know. They kind of want uh, Mason Rudolph. I mean, whoever plays for quarterback... I like the Panthers to win this one. You know, Deontay Foreman's been running the ball great. They got Truba Hubbard. Sam Darnold has not lost this season. Give me the Panthers. I like the Steelers in this one. They have okay. a top-five defense okay. with T.J. Watt on the field. I think Mitch Trubisky is like completely fine to run the offense with Pickett out. And the Panthers' offense is really not that good. Last week— You don't um, like this pick. They had a good start, but uh, Sam Darnold really did not finish the game well. I feel, I'm so. feeling confident on that one. No, give me the Steelers. Okay. I like the Panthers big. Not big, but Panthers. All right, let's move over. Eagles-Bears. Um, this is one of those games where, on one side, Justin Fields, 3-10 and 10 right now for the Bears. They're playing for draft position right now. However, Fields, he's, he wants to win a game here or there. You know that, that does something for your career moving forward. Jalen Hurts, meanwhile, he's led the Philadelphia Eagles to a 12-1 and record. Similar to the Washington game, Jamie, do you think this could be a trap game for the Eagles going into this game? Yeah, I do think so. The Eagles have a big uh, divisional game against the Cowboys next week so I think this is kind of a look ahead for them mm, okay and uh, Philly has a bad run defense they've been struggling lately and of course that's what Justin Fields and the Bears love to do so um, I do still like the Eagles but I think it's gonna be a lot closer than Ooh, people okay. think. okay everybody Lame. let's talk about how Justin Fields is this amazing quarterback they're so good now they're gonna be so great they have three wins in the season that's three wins one of them coming in week one against a terrible Trey Lance 49ers team I think the uh, Eagles win this one Bears need to make a splash in the offseason. They have trouble right now. They need to get Justin Fields better weapons. Dave Montgomery, Kill Herbert, good running backs. But that wide receiver core. Darnell Mooney's not going to be a pro bowler. Don't keep, I mean, 
that pipe, that's a pipe dream right there. Bears fans thinking that he's better than this, better than that. Oh, he cooked Jalen Ramsey win game. Okay. Yeah, I like the Eagles big in this one. All right. Do we even have to pick this one, guys? Uh, Chiefs, Texans. No. Yeah, no, nah, no brainer, Chiefs on this one. Any thoughts on this? I mean, the Texans did play well last week against the Cowboys, but um, I wouldn't bet on that to continue. Uh, give me the Chiefs. You know, I said last week that the Texans would cut it really close to the Cowboys. That's exactly what they did. They cut it really close to the Cowboys. I like the Chiefs this one, no brainer. Speaking of the boys, they're going up against the Jaguars this week on the road in Jacksonville. Cowboys are 10-3. and Jacksonville showing a little life right now with Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback, 5-8 and overall, 3-3 three and three at home. Uh, Trevor Lawrence coming off back-to-back stellar performances. Lane, we'll start with you. Who do you like here? Trevor Lawrence hasn't thrown a pick in, like, weeks. I, don't think, it's, I think it's been uh, six weeks, five weeks since he's thrown a pick. Wild stuff. Since that uh, London game where he gave up that game, went losing, oh. winning, interception, Quan Williams, yeah, that was tough for me picking the Jaguars in that one. I like this Jaguars team, I like the way Travis Etienne plays, but I think that was kind of a different thing for the Cowboys. I think that's usually game pass years that they lose against the Texans, and then they clutch up with that. I like the way they've been doing their run game. Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott. I like the Cowboys this one. Okay, nice spin. Jamie, go ahead. Yeah, like I said, uh, next week, one of the biggest games of the year for the Cowboys. So um, they definitely uh, do need to focus, but I feel like last week was kind of a wake-up for them against the Texans. The Jaguars have been throwing the ball well, but Dallas has one of the best pass defenses and pass rushes, so give me the Cowboys in this one. Okay, let's uh, let's move along. Uh, now let's go over to, I believe it's the, yeah, it's the afternoon slate now, Arizona against Denver. Oh, this is just misery versus misery right here. 2.05 kickoff local time out in Denver. The Broncos are 3-10. and The Cardinals are 4-9. and uh, Both of these teams are going nowhere right now as it stands. We'll start with you, Jamie. What, who do you like? here Cardinals Broncos yeah I think this matchup was a lot different uh before the year but um both quarterbacks banged up not sure if Russell Wilson's gonna play Kyler obviously with the torn ACL I trust the vet Colt McCoy over Brett right again so uh give me the Cardinals in this one Lane you know I think something might have clicked for that Denver Broncos team last week against Chiefs they go down a lot and then they start playing great on offense but the Cardinals they're still very talented they still have a lot of talent on the field J.J. Watt DeAndre Hopkins Isaiah Simmons I mean, they're a little bit banked up the wide receiver position. They still held their own, though, without Kyler Murray last week against the Patriots. I like Cardinals this one. I think it's easy to talk yourself yeah. into the Cardinals week after week. I know, and then when you watch them, they, they, they just disappoint exactly. you left and right. Because you see the talent. You see it on paper. They look like the best team in the NFL. And then, no. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of a team with all upside and a lot of disappointment, let's go over to the Chargers and Titans game. Uh, L.A. right now, 7-6. and six. I can't. I don't know how I'm even saying that record right there. How are they seven and six? Titans are also seven and six. This is an afternoon kickoff, one of the best games that we're going to find in the afternoon, taking place out in SoFi Stadium. Uh, Justin Herbert versus Ryan Tannehill in this one. Derrick Henry uh, run game uh, on the ground, or do you like that Chargers defense? We'll start with you, Jamie. Yeah, like you said, I think this is going to come down to the run game. It's going to be a very close game, but at the end of the day, LA just really does not have a good run defense. That's what Derrick Henry loves to do. So I think the Titans are going to thrive on the ground. I'll take the Titans in this one. Lane? This Chargers defense must play better. You're going up against a really bad quarterback and Ryan Tannehill this season. So if you can shut him down, that's perfect. You can contain Derrick Henry. Not stopping him. If you can contain him, 
that's going to help out a little bit. This offense has to play better for the Chargers. It's a great win on Sunday Night Football last week. They win again. Give them the Chargers. All right, a loser leaves town matchup right here. The 7-6 and six Patriots going up against the 5-8 and eight Raiders, who may have already left town at this point. This is also an afternoon game. 2.05 kickoff local time out at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, Raiders are actually one-point favorites going into this game. Uh, we'll start with you, Lane. Who do you like in here? I think the Raiders had a lot of momentum going into last week, and then they got up on a big lead against the Rams, and then all just goes away with Baker Mayfield. Now they know, okay, our season's kind of over. We're going to fire our head coach probably after the season. You never know. But I think, men- I mean, the mentor always beats the person he mentored. That's Josh from Daniels and Bill Belichick. Give me the Patriots big of the Raiders. Yeah, Belichick historically has a bad record yeah. against his assistants, really? actually. Yeah. Seriously? But, um, okay. I like it. Stats. Ramondre Stevenson is a little banged up. Uh, but if he plays, I think the Patriots will do very well. The Raiders are one of the worst in the leagues against running back pass catchers. Yeah. So not 100% sure if he's going to play, but I still like the Patriots in this one. Okay. okay. Good pick. Wait All here. right. Uh, Bengals, uh, Bucks. Before, I would have thought this was going to be a good game, guys, but I don't know. The Bucks have been very disappointing. They're 6-7 and seven right now. They... I mean, can can they win the NFC South with the record that they might have at the end with maybe eight or nine losses? They're hosting the Bengals on Sunday, a 225 local kickoff out at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. Bengals enter this one as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Jamie, get us started here. Yeah, Tom Brady and the Bucks have really been struggling a lot, and I believe he uh, injured his thumb yep. at the end of last game in a blowout. And uh, the Bucks' O-line is still banged up. They just really cannot protect Brady as well as they have in the past. And the Bengals are just on a roll. Massive win streak, just dominating everyone. I like the Bengals in this one. For the Bengals, don't try to do too much. That's the main thing. Don't try to do too much. It's simple. Run the ball with Joe Mixon. He's been great for you at times this year. If they can run the ball with Joe Mixon against a pretty bad this season, even though they have some great linebackers, rush defense of the Buccaneers, I mean, that's just the key right there. Run the ball with Joe Mixon. Don't try force stuff with Joe Burrow. Give me the Bengals with the Buccaneers. All right. Uh, all right, next game, it's Sunday Night Football, Giants-Commanders. Uh, this is a big game out of the NFC Beast. Uh, and, uh, guys, you all are both Giants fans. You know, Anybody taking Commanders here? I think I'm more emotional than Jamie is. I think Jamie might pick Commanders in this one, but uh, I'm going to take the Giants. You know, it used to be the NFC Least, now it's the NFC Beast. But I like the Giants in this one. <laughs> you almost beat the Commanders two weeks ago. I think that was two weeks ago, but... Tough weather conditions, you know, tough to kick a field goal. Graham Gano missed a game-winning field goal. But Daniel Jones plays well in this one. They run the ball well with Saquon Barkley, who's banked up last week. Going to be a little more healthier this week. Give me the Giants. On the road? On the road against the Commanders. Yeah, last week ended in a disappointing tie for both teams. But I think this one's going to come down to the run game. Uh, both teams get a lot of pressure on the QB, and um, both teams also have really bad O-line. So I think both QBs are just going to be sacked all day. They're going to have to rely on the run later. And Saquon will be healthy, I believe. So he's just the better back in this game. I like the Giants. Commanders bother me because they just find a way. They're a fun team. They have the fun quarterback, Taylor Heineke. And the Giants are, oh, they Jones is terrible. Oh, they're a fluke. They're this. No, we're not. Giants win this one. Yep. You know what's so uh, crazy about this? Neither of you guys picked a draw, and the first one uh, ended in a tie. Are you guys sure true. it's not ending in a 13-13 tie? Yeah, I think it is going to be ugly again, but maybe, uh, um, I just don't I, I don't think that will happen again. I don't think either team will let that happen. Maybe we'll They're, get uh, maybe it, we'll get France-Argentina going to PKs or something as the draw. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Great, great, great stuff there. Um, let's move on to the Monday Night Football game. It's the Rams going up against the Packers. Rams have a little bit of life, 4-9 on the year, 1-4 and four away from from, uh, LA Packers. Meanwhile, they've got a little life of their own. Uh, five and eight overall. Three and three at Lambeau. This one's going to be cold. Twenty four degrees. Monday night football game. Uh, we'll start with you, Jay. Uh, excuse me, Lane. Sorry yeah, yeah. about that. Yeah, good. Y'all good. 
Okay, this is a little interesting because Baker May. It's tough for me because I like Christian Watson. I like the Packers, but yeah. I also really like Baker Mayfield in this new Rams experiment. I'm gonna take the Rams this one. I like this new experiment. Thank you, thank you, man. Yeah, I think before the year, this was probably looked at as one of the games of the year. Now it's just sure. a pretty sad, disappointing matchup. But I think we have to remember last week before that game-winning Baker drive, they really had no life for most of the game. It was just really one great throw okay. that put so much hope into all these fans. The Packers are coming off the bye. I don't see how they lose this one. They're the better team. They have more time to prepare against the Packers. You get momentum. You get so much talent on that Rams side. I think they have more talent right now than the Packers. I don't know. I like Aaron Rodgers with two weeks to prepare and then Baker Mayfield okay. with two weeks with the whole offense. Aaron Rodgers, now he's banged up. Now he gets a little bit more time off. That's a good take right there. Okay. All right, mm-hmm. you guys have picked six games differently, so we need a tiebreaker, and what better tiebreaker than the World Cup? So let's right. do it. Uh, France-Argentina. Let's, uh, let's do it. Uh, go ahead, Jamie. Yeah, I like France on this one. They oh, have, both of you guys they, wanted France. Yeah. I'll take Argentina. I'll take France Argentina. France has uh, Kylian Mbappe, uh, Griezmann, and uh, I heard um, – the injured uh, Benzama could be coming back, so he's definitely a top player. I like France in this one. You know, we're, not happy. You know, James and I were playing FIFA today. I was France. He was Argentina. He beat me in extra time in overtime. <laughs> we were just about to go to PKs, and then he beat me. But uh, I'm going to take Argentina. Lionel Messi, he has a legacy to build. Here he has a legacy. If he can become undisputed, one of the greatest athletes of all time, win a World Cup. That does it for you right there. Bring back home your legacy. You know, he's playing great with Alvarez, who's the young buck in the team. I think they won this one. Give me Argentina. Oh, Argentina, man. 2022 World Cup champions. Wow. And we'll in, the, in December, this is I crazy. They're fun. competing fun, against. Though. I like it. I, no, I'm upset because I'm having to get away from football watching on yeah, Sunday. That's, okay. what, that's yeah, where I true. get a little upset. A little bit, a little bit. It but it's fun nice, during uh, school. It was fun during school for the USA Iran game. Yeah, we, we just need uh, all the split screens in. We need yeah. as many televisions <laughs> in the living room sure. on Sunday as possible. Hey, guys, you guys were awesome. I really appreciate it. Perfect. So seven different games that we picked against. Schoolyard Sports, episode 104. Let our listeners know where they can find you, Lane. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Those are all the video platforms. Whenever you get your podcast, wherever you get them, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any podcast platform, you can listen to it there or watch it. Jamie, thank you so much. You're heading back to Duke. Uh, what, what should we look on the, the horizon for you in the next semester? Yeah, uh, just got to wrap up some finals this week and then um, go back to school in January. Definitely going to go to some Duke basketball games. Great. I think, I think we're the team to beat in March. But, um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Really enjoyed it, and uh, I guess we'll have to see how the picks turn out on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Bro yeah. versus bro, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to win this one. We'll see, we'll see. Nah, I have the unlock. All right, Schoolyard Sports coming up. Episode 104 is coming out soon. This segment is brought to you by River Oaks Properties. Guys, thank you again. Really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Appreciate it. Uh, Adrian. Perfect. Hey, we'll do it again next week yeah, via Zoom. Sure. It's going to be you. a lot of fun. Yep. Hey, we'll, we'll come back. We'll wrap up the rest of the show as Sports Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.
All right, we're back. It's the final segment here. Special thanks to Lane and Jamie Frank, the Frank Bros, joining us in the schoolyard sports segment, talking some NFL picks. Uh, wrapping things up here on the show, want to just uh, talk a couple different storylines coming out right now. Uh, we do have some tweets that came in as well, so we could definitely uh, react to some of those tweets here on the show. Uh, this coming in from uh, Shannon, former UTEP guard Nigel Hawkins, led San- uh, Stephen F. Austin to a victory over La Tech. Uh, how about that there, Zay? That's real interesting. You know, Steve, uh, Nigel Hawkins, you and I talked about this off air. He looked pretty good yesterday. Yeah, that was an absolute fun game to watch. Like, it went to overtime. I got to, you know, preview Louisiana Tech. Didn't see a lot of Nigel Hawkins in overtime, but we did see a game-winning layup from Stephen F. Austin to win that one. Man, it was a very impressive and back-and-forth game. In fact, uh, the Lumberjacks had to kind of claw their way back into getting into this, uh, getting this game into overtime to begin with. But Nigel Hawkins, the former minor, five of thirteen from the field. He made a pair of threes, but he was two of eight. Uh, he had five rebounds, or actually, yeah, five rebounds overall, five assists, one steal, four turnovers in in. Uh, uh, 38 minutes of action. So sounds like a Nigel Hawkins stat line to me. Yeah, yeah. You always look back to you know that 2019 team and just think, what could have been? You sure. Know? I'm with you on that. Let's keep it moving on Twitter right now. Uh, this coming in from Jose Reed. A two tight end set, pound Hankins and set up for play action. It's going to be a big year for Hardison and Deion Hankins and the UTEP offense, talking about some of the uh, the recruits. Uh, that that uh, you know the miners are getting. Also checking in for is uh, Pinky from Santa Teresa. As long as there's Texas UIL high school football championship game on TV, that's it for this guy. I don't need no stinking bowl games. Um, I like watching those high school uh, football games and championship games as well. Zay, what about you? Yeah, they're actually pretty interesting. I don't really get into it until maybe like four A, five A. Yeah. Right now it's just one A, two A. So it's not really my thing to watch Texas high school football state championships while I'm at school, but hey, if, if, I, if I got free time, I'll do it. So you're writing an article right now up on uh, our website talking a little bit about Gavin Hardison, UTEP's quarterback, and talking about why you think he could have a breakout season next year. Tell us a little bit about this story. Well, you know, a lot of minor fans probably don't agree with me right now, but they're going to see, right? I think Gavin Hardison can take a step up on the field and off the field, maybe more as a leader, maybe more vocal. I think if UTEP can, you know, do what they usually do and retain most of their players from last year, continuity is a big thing. You know, yep. he lost Garrett and Cowing last year. If he can at least somehow keep Smith, right, keep Akari, I think you could see you could see some improvement, right? Maybe at least better than this year, right? He struggled a lot this year. He didn't have a great year. I think it was eight touchdowns, eight interceptions, but just that isn't good, right? You can't just not cut if you want to be elite and that's what minor fans want they want him to be elite as a fourth-year starter you know it's the pro hardison people would say well he got injured last year that's why he didn't put up those numbers like he usually does and the people anti-hardison say well no it didn't matter calvin brownholtz was the better quarterback when it was all said and done so i think that uh what's going to be really interesting about your article is the fan base is definitely split on Hardison. Either way, I mean, some people are big fans of his. Other people believe that UTEP should go a different direction at quarterback. Now, just speaking philosophically with this UTEP team, would you rather them have a uh, bona fide passer like Hardison, or would you rather them get somebody who can mix it up and be a little bit more dual threat like Calvin Brownholtz? Just you personally. Well, 
right now I'm team Hardison, but if I would not be opposed to them bringing in maybe a big body, 6'2", 220, you know, he can throw it a little, but he's he brings that dual threat aspect, kind of like Calvin, Calvin Brownholtz. I think sure. he fits that Dana Demo offensive scheme, but if Gavin Hardison's what we get, I'm fine with that. I think, I think it'll work. Now, I want to talk about your other article that you posted yesterday, uh, your six favorite UTEP traditions. You talked about this on the website, but we got a lot of responses off this one, which I loved. Uh, this coming in from Leo. He said, one of my favorite involves UTEP men's basketball. Just before tip-off and just before they inbound the basketball, they do the UTEP chant. What do you think about that one right there? I think that's, that one's cool. Right, I think that's with the cheerleaders and they all you tap yeah, that's something cool. Um, yeah, there's not there's so many that I just couldn't think of like all of them. I probably missed a lot. I love how uh notorious K I N Ep, um, one of our good friends, Ryan, he tweeted the show Done All But the c- Cigars. I never knew that one existed. Tell us a little bit about the cigars tradition that you found out uh in your story that you wrote in your story. Well, he probably didn't find that one out because I mean, it's relatively unknown. It barely started maybe a couple years ago. Actually, two years ago when UTEP beat NMSU um, in the Battle of I-10. Every time UTEP beats NMSU, they light up some cigars, and they, they get the, the Mayor's Cup, the Spade, the Silver Spade, and they just celebrate. I mean, it's a cool little tradition that I've noticed. Hopefully, it keeps going on both sides. I hope NMSU would do it if they win. I hope UTEP keeps doing it if they win. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, I, I really like the fact that you detailed that because I didn't even know about that one myself. And when you posted that one, I was like, I, I think this is really cool. So um, great stuff there, Zay. We'll be on the lookout for the Gavin Hardison article. What other articles are – what other stuff you're cooking, are you cooking up this weekend? Cooking up a lot. Cooking up a lot. You got to stay tuned, you know. Stay tuned. You know, we're taking a dive and, you know, I asked about a week earlier – what are some questions you got about UTEP athletics? You know, I got a lot of responses. Just waited for that one to, you know, everybody could see, everybody could respond. So we're going to respond to a lot of questions that minor nice. friends have. It's a little bit of a mailbag. That's what it's called. I like it. Minor bag, minor talk mailbag or yeah. minor mailbag, something yeah. like that. Yeah, something okay. like that. Okay, I like it. So um, we've got a busy weekend coming up. We've got the 915 Showcase coming up this Saturday, Combine tomorrow, which we talked about with Ed Stansberry in our first hour. Uh, we have a huge NFL slate that starts on Saturday, the first Saturday edition of football. And then how about ball? Uh, bowl games already starting up already? That's uh, kicking off tomorrow. When we talk about the bowl schedule, things are kicking off right here on 600 ESPN El Paso, and uh, it'll be the uh, Bahamas Bowl, Miami, Ohio going up against UAB Conference USA zone in the in the Blazers that one kicking off uh a 9.30 a.m. here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Our bowl coverage is brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso and Palo Verde Homes, which, uh, yeah, very appreciative of them. You can listen to college football bowl action right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. That'll do it for us today on a Thursday edition of Sports Talk. We'll be right back at it tomorrow. For Angel Munoz, for UTEP Zay, I'm Adrian Brada saying so long, and thanks for listening to right here to Sports Talk on 600 ESPN El Paso.